You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? You are listening to Star Wars The Saga Continues. Your hosts, Kyle Avery and Tim Jirasi, are scouring the holonet for news and bringing you all of the latest updates on the future of the Star Wars universe. And the future is bright indeed, so we invite you to join us on this exciting journey as the saga continues. Always in motion is the future. This is just the beginning. You'll find out full of surprises. Not over yet. No, there is another. Chewie, we're home. Hey there, Star Wars fans, and welcome back to yet another exciting episode of Star Wars The Saga Continues, your podcast for all the latest news and rumors on Star Wars The Force Awakens, as well as Star Wars Rogue One and Rebels and Battlefront and Episodes 8 and 9 and all the other cool and exciting new stuff coming up in the Star Wars universe, Um, although this week it's pretty much just going to be more Episode 7 stuff. Um, This is our 68th episode. We are getting closer and closer to... uh, Uh, And just the the day that we get to do our our big review episode for Star Wars The Force Awakens, which comes out now in less than six weeks. Um, But I can't wait to get uh, into all this stuff. Uh, Super excited. Um, As always, I'm your host, Kyle, and I've got my co-host, Tim, with me. How's it going, Tim? Hey, what's up, Kyle? To paraphrase Luke from The Empire Strikes Back, last week's was full of surprises, and they were good surprises, so we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about on this episode regarding The Force Awakens. Yeah, seriously. Um, I mean, man, let's just jump right into it with the the big thing. Like, on our last episode, obviously, we talked about the, the most recent uh, trailer number three, I guess you could say. It's not really the most recent trailer now, but... Um, the, Supposedly the, the final trailer, too. Well, yeah, what we thought was <laughs> going to be the final trailer... Um, and we knew there'd be some TV spots and stuff afterwards, but didn't really expect to see a whole lot of new footage, especially with as long as they made us wait for that trailer, the, the one that came out back in October during Monday night football and all that. Um, and you know, then out of nowhere, like within the next two weeks or so, um, we get the, uh, the international, uh, you know, Japanese trailer, which when I saw that that dropped, um, I was like, Okay, well, this will probably be, you know, like the uh, well, like they do with a lot of these international trailers, where it's pretty much like the last U.S. trailer that came out, but you know, maybe recut a little bit differently, maybe with a little bit of new footage in there, a couple new shots or something. But this thing is almost like a completely different trailer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I got to give a shout out uh, to our friend Joey Letson, who uh, with both this and the new TV spot that we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, which was like two days afterwards. I think that was this past. Friday and Sunday mornings. Um, both of those mornings, I woke up, checked my phone, and the first thing I saw was a Facebook message from Joey saying, "Hey guys, wake up! There's a new Star Wars trailer out." And I was like, "What?" Um, <laughs> 
And of course, you know, Friday morning, I'm like trying to drag myself out of bed, get to work on time. But now I'm like, well, I just got to sit here and watch this Star Wars trailer like three times and see all the new stuff that's in here. Um, but man, it was crazy. And like so much cool new stuff in here. I know. I pretty much had the same reaction you did when I saw because I saw your text, <laughs> which got me to check out the new trailer. When I first saw it, I was like, well, before I saw it, well, let's see how much new footage is actually in here. And just pretty much what you said, wasn't expecting it to be pretty different. Then like, whoa, just the first shot is something new. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I think we're going to be in for some more cool footage <laughs> from The Force Awakens in this new trailer. And yeah, it didn't disappoint. And I was first really surprised we got a international or Japanese trailer for it. Because with Star Wars, I just kind of figured the last trailer we got would just be the trailer everyone else around the world would get too. But because I'm pretty sure, like 99% sure, they didn't do that for the prequels where there was international trailers for each of those movies. I'm pretty sure it was just the ones that we got were just uh, general trailers for those movies. So was pretty surprised to see it, but then even more <laughs> surprised when all the new footage that we got into it. And boy, it was new footage, which was awesome, but then new dialogue that we got in this too, which for me is what stood out the most in this trailer, besides the fact we get a lot of new cool shots. But I think... I could be wrong, but I want to say this one might have more dialogue than the uh, first trailer we got with Monday Night Football. So, yeah, it was a welcome surprise, and it is a great way to end the work week and start the weekend, and then it was a great way to end the weekend with a TV spot, which we'll talk about later. But, yeah, it's a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm thinking we should maybe just, like, go through this trailer here um, and not quite you know, go through it like frame by frame. Cause you know, some of the footage in here is stuff that we've already seen before, but, um, you know, let's, let's just go through some of the, um, shots and, uh, you know, some of the new stuff and some of the new dialogue lines. Um, I've actually got a, a site pulled up here. That's got uh, a gallery of screenshots, um, from the trailer. So I don't have to like watch it and keep starting and stopping it. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so like you said, I mean, it starts with a brand new shot of Ray on Jakku standing in front of, you know, just this massive cavern of the uh, the derelict Star Destroyer's engine there. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's what that is. But, yeah. Um, man, I mean, that's just really cool. Like, I mean, we keep seeing different images or different images and shots and stuff of this uh, this wreckage on Jakku. Um, and you, every time you think it's just going to be like, oh, yeah, okay star destroyer wreckage we get it we've seen it at this point but just every one of these shots is like man that's really cool yeah the scope of it's really cool and i just like the feeling it evokes when you look at it because it's almost like i mean you see how small ray is there it's almost like the hero about to enter this like enormous cave where she doesn't know what she's going to find in there but we know it's a, a shot down star destroyer and probably still has the same effect where she doesn't know where it's what she's going to find down there but just like almost that whole mythological feel to where she's about to enter this cavern or cave what's like gonna hold like a bunch of wonders in there that she doesn't know what she's gonna find so mm. it just yeah like you said too visually just an awesome way to start the new trailer that we got like i mentioned before i wasn't expecting that much new footage let alone to kick off the trailer so when i first saw it and this popped up, i was like oh shoot <laughs> this is we're gonna be in for something good here yeah um, and then we see, you know, a few more shots of her on Jakku that we've seen before in other trailers. Um, but then there's this one shot where, um, man, I, and I just love the imagery here where she, I, I think it's her on her speeder. She's kind of speeding across the desert. 
um, but there's a sunset behind her, and it looks so much like the that binary sunset on yeah. Tatooine from A New Hope. I mean, it literally looks like they took that shot and photoshopped one of the suns out or something like that. Um, but just sort of the the framing and the coloring of it and everything uh, looks really similar. But again, it's just you know it's a, a really cool image and one that uh, you know just evokes more of that those sort of classic star Wars feelings of like the hero who is um, I mean, stuck in a place that they don't really want to be in and uh, you know, kind of longing for something more that's out there. So I uh, can't wait to see, um, you know, more of all of this obviously, but uh, especially like Ray is climbing up higher and higher on my list of characters that I'm finding more intriguing and can't wait to find out more of their story when the movie comes out. Yeah. I think it's almost impossible not to see that shot and not think about <laughs> that moment with Luke and the binary sunset. It, it just automatically, right, right away you think about that when you see the shot because it just evokes that so much. I mean, you got, of course, there's only one son now <laughs> since this is Jakku, so that alone is what sets it apart. But then, like you said, the the lighting on it, it looks just like it. Then you got moisture evaporators in that shot too and it's like these little creatures. I don't know if they're like North scavengers or just like some animals, small animals that are running around the desert but yeah just because that emotions and that feeling you get when you saw luke for the first time with that binary sunset scene and it looks like it's not going to be you know where she gets off her speeder and then just takes a moment to look at the sun because it looks like she's speeding uh, either back from the star destroyer or maybe to the star destroyer i don't know but regardless it's going to be <laughs> i think anyone who's in the theater we'll see how long it stays on the shot but i'm pretty sure a lot of the audience is going to be thinking about that same moment that we saw with luke in a new home so that's just another one of those cool feelings that you get when we saw this trailer right um yeah and then of course with some of the dialogue that's going on under this um the trailer starts with kind of the same line from the last trailer where you hear um who we're pretty sure at this point is maz Kanata saying who are you and ray says i'm no one um, but then as you see her with BB-8 and stuff, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just watching the trailer again as I'm saying this so I can get the lines right. Um, but, you know, she asks who, uh, asks BB-8, where does he come from? Um, and it's funny because you can almost kind of piece together like what BB-8 is supposed to be saying too mm-hmm. as he's doing his little droid beeps. Um, and so, you know, maybe he says something about like, I'm waiting for my master or something like that. And then uh, Ray says, I know all about waiting. Um, and then, you know, BB-8 probably says something like, who are you waiting for? And she says, for my family, um, which is, you know, gives us maybe another interesting clue as to, uh, what she's doing on Jakku, what her backstory might be, um, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know, Tim, did you have any, uh, any additional thoughts on that? Yeah, I got a few, actually. <laughs> this is one of the standouts for this international trailer for me. Yeah. First of all, I just think it's really cool that this dialogue Ray is saying, she's saying it to BB-8. I'm already liking the chemistry that these two characters are going to have. <laughs> I just can't wait to see more of this interaction. So this part of the trailer was great. I was really happy that we we're getting more new shots of BB-8 and hearing more of BB-8. I just love how he sounds. Mm-hmm. It sounds different enough from R2 to be distinguished so that he's different, but yet it still sounds like a droid. So BB-8 is going to be so awesome in this movie. I just can't wait to see every shot that he's going to be in. Yeah, but definitely. Regarding Ray and her dialogue, I mean, it was great to hear that and maybe a little surprised that we got it in this trailer. I mean, the fact that she says, I'm waiting for my family. I was think that maybe we would have gotten dialogue like that in the main trailer that we got a few weeks ago 
because she, even though she did hear her say some things like I'm no one, I kind of thought that for this being the final trailer and they're going to want to tell more of the story and what these characters are about, dialogue like that would have been something I was expecting to hear in that trailer. So I was glad to hear it in this one. But right when I heard it, it made me think about this more speculation that even some uh, reports we heard a few weeks ago or a month ago, I think it was making Star Wars who posted it, where the reason why Rey is on Jakku and why she stays there is that she's waiting for her family. And we know that is the case now. But of course, who is the family that she is waiting for? And this is going to play right into my speculation that I've been saying for the last few episodes now, where I really think she's going to end up being Luke's daughter. Because regardless of the reason why Luke and whoever Ray's mom is, they put her on Jakku, I just think it's going to be a great theme to the story where Ray is waiting for her family. Maybe she doesn't know who they are or who the identity of her father and mother are, but she knows they're out there and that they're going to, maybe they said they'd come back to her and, or maybe she just has that hope that I will see him again. And as we go through the movie and we know a lot of the focus of it is going to be Luke and Anakin's lightsaber and the search for Luke. So how fitting and almost poetic in a way would it be where at the very end of the movie, Ray confronts Luke Skywalker and it's revealed that he is her father and that, you know, ties into where she meets the person she was looking for, her family that she's been waiting for, she finds at the end of the movie. So that's kind of the feeling I'm getting with that. So I, of course, it's all my speculation, but I'm really hoping it pans out that way because I think it'd be really cool if that's how it plays out. It just, it would just fit uh, thematically with the story, her longing for her family. And by the end of it, she gets uh, to meet at least one person of her family with that. So when I heard that line of dialogue, it got my wheels turning and remembering certain reports and other things I've said. And to me, it just fits. I think that'd be really cool. And of course, we still got the speculation of people think she's going to be Han and Leia's daughter. I'm Like I said before, I've kind of moved away from that and kind of gearing more towards Luke being her father. So we still have to wait and see, but I was glad to hear that line of dialogue in this trailer because it for me personally, it made me think that the possibility of Luke being her father is looking more likely. So, but we still have to wait and see. Mm. Well, you know, I'll I'll save some of my bigger overarching theories for uh, just a little bit later. I think once we'll, we'll talk about the rest of this trailer and then the uh, the TV spot because um, I've got a couple of theories that kind of pull from some different things in there, and then I'll kind of uh, you know throw everything out there at the end. Um, but I, I did think. Sort of the the one um, sort of one interesting point that I pulled from this line in particular was the idea that um, it seems like you know whoever Ray's family is, whether Luke is her father or whether she's Han and Leia's daughter, um, that she's old enough to remember them and to remember um, being left on Jakku. Um, I, I think, at least for me, it seems like a lot of people were kind of speculating about you know her being. Um, related to, you know, some of the original trilogy characters and being left here on Jakku, but that maybe she was left there as a baby, like when, uh, um, you know, Leia and Luke being taken to their respective places when they were uh, twins and split up. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this was just something that had never really occurred to me that, um, you know, if she was dropped off here by your parents, that, like, she could remember them and maybe she knows why. Um, I thought maybe discovering that would be a big, re- you know, part of uh, the reason why she ends up leaving Jakku. But um, again, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of get to some of my theories on that in a minute. Um, but um, yeah, like you said, definitely, uh, you know, some some cool stuff to think about and chew on in there. And again, I mean, 
this early on in the trailer, we're like 30 seconds into it. And I'm already going like, holy crap, this isn't just a, a recut version of this for international audiences. Like this is almost a whole new trailer right here. <laughs> I know. Man. And just going back to what you were saying about her knowing who her parents are to me, I'm kind of wondering too, is if she was there when she was real young or dropped off as a baby, if it's going to be kind of something similar to what Leia said in return of the Jedi, when uh, Luke asked her about her mother and she knows it was just like images, really feelings is what she said. And maybe that's going to play into it with, with Ray, where she just somehow knows about her family, but yet she's never met them before. And it's because it's through the force, but she's not too familiar with the force and doesn't know exactly what it means. So maybe that's why she has this like, in her mind, she knows where her family is, but she can't exactly quite explain it. But then, of course, as the movie plays out, when Han Solo says, you know, the Force, the Jedi, the dark side, it's true. And probably when she goes to see Mass Kanata, she'll get more information about it. So maybe the memories that she has, if any, we don't know. But maybe it's all going to be coming through the Force, kind of similar to what Leia said to Luke and Jedi. Yeah. Um I don't know. Possibly. I, I think that might be retreading old ground a little bit too much. Maybe. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I, I at least sort of get the impression that she was at least like a young child, if not, um, you know, maybe like a preteen kind of age um, when she got left on Jakku. Yeah. But um, I don't know. We'll see. But again, I'll, I'll kind of bring that up again later once I sort of pull all my theories together here. <laughs> um, but then, you know, we've got some more shots of, um, you know, BB-8 sort of rolls away from her like you know, beeping like, uh Oh, something bad's about to happen. Um, and then we see, uh, you know, Ray and Finn, like following BB eight out of this tent or whatever, looking up at the sky. And then we get one of the coolest looking shots from this movie that we've seen so far, which is just this huge <laughs> sunset against the backdrop of, uh, you know, the, the horizon of Jakku with mountains and all that kind of stuff. And, you see like a swarm of TIE fighters flying towards them just against this sunset backdrop. And it is just oh, some beautiful imagery. Um, and, you know, it's kind of this cool juxtaposition because like just on a purely visual level, like it looks really nice and really visually pleasing. And it's like, and it's, it's like this nice looking sunset. And then there's these things in the sky. I mean, it almost looks like it could be like birds or something flying towards you, except you know that these are Imperial star, uh, you know, TIE fighters and well, not Imperial anymore, I guess, first order TIE fighters. Um, but we as Star Wars fans know, like these are the bad guy ships and some bad stuff's about to go down. Yeah, man, this is a shot that literally takes your breath away when you first see it. Yeah. Wow. This is gorgeous. (laughs) This shot. I mean, we don't get too many shots like this in a Star Wars movie, and to see it here, this is some of the stuff that I like where it's going to set Episode 7, at least, and hopefully the sequel trilogy apart visually from you know, the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, because I just love how each of those first two trilogies have their own uh, distinct feel, but yet it's Star Wars, and we're getting that with this one, too. And I've said that before, even from the first teaser, how it looks like it's having its own feel, and more shots like this just kind of cements that, and I just love it. Man, I, I think this is... After a premiere, this is the most like new Twitter header I saw on a lot of people's accounts. <laughs> yeah. Not mine, because I still can't bring myself to change that Captain Phasma one. So yeah, <laughs> we well, and my my Twitter cover image, I've got the uh, the Empire Magazine cover with Kylo Ren and Captain Phasma and General Hux and all the stormtroopers behind him. But I did make this my new Facebook profile cover picture. Of yeah. what you call it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, man. I mean, from what we've seen so far in all these teasers and trailers and stuff, it looks like, I mean, I, I think without a doubt, this movie is going to be the best Star Wars movie visually that we've ever gotten, not just because of the advances in, uh, you know, technology and CGI and all that kind of stuff, but also just from a standpoint of, uh, you know, the cinematography and the lighting and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, I mean, it's just looking freaking gorgeous. Yeah, let's get that Oscar ready right now. <laughs> right? Like, that's what I'm hoping for. I don't want to get my hopes up too high because, uh, you know, sci-fi movies and Star Wars and everything don't tend to resonate particularly well with Oscar critics, I guess. But Yeah, we all know how that goes. <laughs> yeah, but if, I mean, if this movie ends up being as good as we all hope it's going to be, you never know. People could take notice. Hopefully, because right now, just based on these trailers alone, it more than deserves it, that's for sure. Yeah. And then, of course, we immediately go into a bunch of shots of the bad guys doing bad stuff on Jakku. We got flame troopers torching a village, uh, Captain Phasma walking through the torched village. Um, and then, of course, uh, the the shot we've seen in several trailers by now of uh, Kylo Ren with, ignite, with his lightsaber ignited and then just turning and uh, stretching his hand out towards the camera really quick. Um, and then we get to the other most interesting line of dialogue in the trailer, at least for me, um, we see sort of that same sequence of Kylo Ren looking at Darth Vader's mask. Um, and he says the, the same line from the last trailer where he says, uh, I will finish what you started, except he adds something to it at the beginning. He says, I will fulfill our destiny. I will finish what you started. Um, and f- somehow for me, like, because we've also heard rumors that uh, that Kylo and Rey could be related, or that uh, you know Kylo Ren could also be maybe Luke's son, or maybe Luke and or uh, Han and Leia's son. Um, and while I've certainly um, kind of bought into those rumors a little bit more lately, I still didn't think there was anything really in the trailers that gave that away. Um, especially in the last one, you know, where he says, "I will finish what you started." It's like, okay, well, this guy's just trying to be the new bad guy, you know, pick up the torch and keep trying to eradicate the Jedi like Vader was doing before he turned back to the light side. Um, but something about that first part where he says, I will fulfill our destiny um, makes me think that he is Anakin Skywalker's grandson. Like it's not just me wanting to be like this guy. It's like, I'm connected to this guy. Like his destiny is my destiny. And it's not just because I'm a crazy fanboy. you know, it's because we're related or we have some deeper connection. That's what I took out of that. You know what? I took out the same thing too. When he said, I will fulfill or our destinies. I've thought he was talking about himself and Vader. And for the most part, I still do think that's what he's talking about. But I've heard some other speculation too, that maybe he's talking about someone else like him and Ray. And you were mentioning too, how the possibilities of them being related. So what if, you know, they were on the same path, but then they went on, for whatever circumstances that happened where he went towards the dark side and Ray um, just has nothing to do with the force when she was left on Jakku. So maybe once he finds out that Ray's out there, he'll say he'll fulfill when he says our destiny, he's talking about his and hers too. So that's, I think a possibility that's out there, but I pretty much agree with what you were saying how instead of him just being, you know, the Darth Vader fanboy and wanting it to carry on that legacy, besides that plays a part of it, he's doing it because, Darth Vader is his grandfather, like you said. He's going to fulfill their destinies as you know, Skywalkers. And this goes back to the point, too, and I've heard some other, I've read some other discussions on it, too, that I find fascinating, just this whole idea of where 
at this point in time in the story, 30 years after Return of the Jedi, how many people actually know that Luke Skywalker actually redeemed Darth Vader and he became good at the end? And I'm kind of thinking not too many. Maybe Luke just told Leia and Han, and, or maybe just Leia, and since that's his sister, and she didn't pass on that information at all because maybe the galaxy wasn't ready to learn that, and especially find out that her and Luke were Darth Vader's son and daughter. So maybe that's not known by a lot of people, including Kylo Ren, where he just thinks that his grandfather turned to the dark side, became Darth Vader, and then was killed. And because of that, wants to fulfill or carry on what he started, like he says in the trailer. And maybe it would be like come to a shock to him once he finds out that Darth Vader actually became good and Anakin Skywalker returned to the light. So all these different possibilities of what could happen with Kylo Ren in the story and his connection to Vader is just so fascinating to me. So mm-hmm. amongst many other things, <laughs> one of the key... Uh, story points i'm looking forward to finding out once we see this movie so yeah i can't wait to see where that line fulfill our destiny is going to play into yeah and you know i've heard some of that same speculation too um that you know maybe kylo doesn't know that vader uh you know turned back to the light side but at the same time i'm thinking i i definitely agree with you i don't think that's public knowledge that vader was redeemed at the end um because obviously like Vader never, uh, you know, denounced the dark side and went back to being a Jedi or anything like he turned good. He killed the emperor. He died and the Death Star blew up. And if you went and told any Imperial Admiral like, hey, right at the end, Vader turned good again, he'd be like, picks or it didn't happen. Um, (laughs) You know, there's no evidence of that. Um, But at the same time, if Kylo Ren is part of that bloodline and he's part of the family, I would think that Luke and Leia would at least make sure that he knew that. Um, I mean, you know, if I had a kid and my dad was Darth Vader and he turned good at the end to save my life, I would make sure I told my kids like, hey, people are going to say some bad stuff about your grandfather. But just so you know, like Mm -hmm. he really turned out to be a good guy at the end. And maybe he does know that. And that just like he doesn't want to hear that if he's really established with the dark side. And maybe he's in the thinking where Anakin Skywalker really is dead and a separate person. He's just concerned about Darth Vader where he doesn't even like think about Anakin. It's all just Darth Vader since that's when he was evil and with the dark side. So maybe that could be a route that he that they would go if he is, in fact, his grandson and he does know what happened to him at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly possible. He could just be like the rebellious teenager that's like, no, forget you, Jedi Uncle Luke. I'm going to be like evil, you know, evil Grandpa Vader, and I want to go kill some Jedi. Um, or, you know, just for whatever reason, could decide that he finds the dark side more appealing or maybe has his own legitimate reasons for thinking that Vader was right or that Luke is wrong or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, maybe like that you could said, play that... towards like his resentment towards Luke also, where you turned him good or <laughs> back into the light side when he should have remained with the dark side until his death. So yeah, all these different possibilities from that one line (laughs) would certainly explain more why Kylo Ren is like, so bent on getting Anakin's lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, like I I think when we first started hearing those rumors early on, and it's interesting that there hasn't really been a lot of discussion about that lately um, because we haven't seen that lightsaber in any of the, the more recent trailers or anything like that. Um, and so it's kind of like, 
Um, it, I feel like that's kind of one of those things that gets swept aside a little bit and everybody comes up with their theories and stuff of how they think it's going to go down. And then it's like, oh, well, yeah, but remember, there's this other part to it, too, um, with the lightsaber. And, you know, of course, back earlier on, um, that was one of the things we were hearing the most about and all about how Kylo Ren and the bad guys wanted to you know, track down like the the first lightsaber of Darth Vader. Um, and I was kind of worried. I was like, why is it that important? Like, I hope they don't think it has superpowers or something like that, or like it's, you know, the Holy Grail. Um, but I can understand why if you're Darth Vader's grandson and you come from a family of good guys, that's trying to undo the work of the one member of your family that you look up to, who is, you know, part of the dark side, like, yeah, I would want to go find, you know, Vader's lightsaber, just knowing that it's still out there and being like, I'm the one who should be in possession of that. Um, so that could be interesting to see as well. Speaking of lightsabers, the next shot after that is a shot of Kylo igniting his lightsaber. And it's <laughs> one of the coolest shots of this saber that we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, talk about a close up shot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it looks like he's maybe on the bridge of a star destroyer or something, um, or maybe in a base or something like that, but it's, you know, you can definitely see like computer panels and metal walls and stuff in the background, but um, you don't even see his face or his mask or anything in this shot. It's just sort of a, a close up on like his hand and his midsection and just the lightsaber in full ignition extended towards the camera. And uh, man, that thing just looks amazing. Yep, man. I remember we talking about this way back when we had some of those early concept arts and we're saying how I hope it would be more like a flame saber, so to speak, and you see energy crackling out of it, and you really see that in this shot, especially when you pause it on a certain frame, and you just see the crackling of it, and where it does look like a flame saber. <laughs> it just looks so cool. I'm just wondering at what point um, this is at in the movie, or why he's doing it. Right now, I'm thinking maybe this is part of that interrogation or torture scene with Poe Dameron. Maybe first hmm. he threatens him with the lightsaber and maybe he doesn't show he's intimidated and that's when he goes to, to using uh, force mind tricks and all that against him. So I'm just curious where this actually is going to take place. Yeah, I thought about that too. I mean, it could be like a Darth Vader kind of thing where he's executing an incompetent officer or something like that. Um, or yeah, he could be torturing somebody. He could be getting ready to get out of the base or get off the ship or something and, uh, you know, get into the action. But, um, I mean, wherever it is, um, you know, or whatever's going on here, it obviously is, uh, just another visually stunning piece of work right there. And we do know he's going to have his lightsaber ignited a lot in this movie. <laughs> just yeah. Just all the trailers we got. And for this one in particular, too, we got two new shots of him with his lightsaber. And the man just looks so sweet. Yeah. And I mean, that's one of my favorite things about him so far. Like, not even just with his lightsaber ignited, but he is definitely going to be front and center here as the villain and get plenty of screen time and hopefully plenty of character development. Um, you know, I know a lot of people, or I've heard a lot of people say, probably myself included, I've probably said this before, like, I hope they don't take the Darth Maul route and, you know, have this awesome villain and kill him off in the first movie. Um, and I hope that doesn't happen. I don't think that's going to happen. But even if it does, like, if that's what serves the story best, I at least don't feel like they're going to kind of leave us hanging and, you know, feeling like, man, we, we barely just scratched the surface of that guy and didn't get to see enough of him. Cause in Phantom Menace, Darth Maul was kind of just lurking in the shadows. Most of the movie, um, 
you know, has one quick lightsaber fight with Qui-Gon in the middle of the movie where you still don't really know who he is. And then he's sort of fully revealed at the end, has one awesome lightsaber duel. And uh, at the time the movie was released, we thought he died at the end. Um, but I think even if Kylo Ren dies at the end of this movie, which I don't think is going to happen, um, I, you know, I, I think we will have seen plenty of him to the point where it's not going to feel like, oh man, we just barely started to get to see that guy. Yeah, at this point, I'm pretty much not even worried about that as far yeah. as him being underdeveloped or underused and just not fully developed as a character. I think he's going to be one of the main characters, if not... See, maybe the main character is a little too strong since he's the antagonist. I kind of said this on the last episode where we're talking about the poster, but he's going to be probably number two after Ray. I think those two are just going to be the main focus mm. of the story. So, yeah, I'm not even concerned with that <laughs> worried anymore. Well, yeah, I think I think he'll be right up there with Ray and Finn. Um, it's interesting because like when, when we first heard the casting announcements and, uh, you know, first started to find out about some of the characters and stuff, it seemed like the new sort of big three of this trilogy, um, you know, the Han, Luke and Leia was going to be, uh, Ray, Finn and Poe Dameron. Um, but from everything we've seen so far now, um, I think Poe Dameron is still going to be a very important character, but I don't think he's quite going to be on the level of like Han Solo. I think he's going to be kind of somewhere between, Han Solo and Wedge Antilles almost, um, where Wedge was, you know, exclusively like the fighter pilot that would just show up for the battles. I think he's going to be like, like a Wedge Antilles with a whole lot more character development. Um, but I think in terms of like the characters that are central to the story, I think the big three is going to be, um, Ray Finn and Kylo Ren. Um, especially yep. if Ray and Kylo end up being related, like we're kind of speculating on, um, because I mean, you sort of had that in the original trilogy too, where Vader, I mean, especially starting in empire strikes back where Vader was a, a major character and a lot of the story was focused on him, but he sort of was more of like this presence that was looming over everything else. And, you know, Han, Luke and Leia were the three heroes that were, were trying to stop this, um, you know, almost all powerful force that then, of course, by the end, you find out he's more complex and, uh, you know, certainly is vulnerable and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think, I think Kylo Ren is going to feel a little bit more on their level. Um, whereas, you know, he's not the chosen one. He wasn't like this super powerful Jedi warrior. He hasn't been ruling the galaxy for 20 years while the heroes were growing up. Like he's, probably around their same age. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I think he's going to feel like a little bit more of a, um, I don't know, almost like they're, they're contemporary or something, but you know, of course on the, the complete opposite side of the moral spectrum. Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. And how you're making an interesting point with Poe Dameron, as far as being like wedged just with more character development at first, I think now nah, he's being billed as like the new big three of the heroes. And that's probably still the case, but just what we see, Every trailer we got, we haven't heard one line of dialogue from him yet, except for that Yahoo scream in yeah. the second teaser. So I am curious to why he hasn't gotten more of the spotlight in any of these trailers and so far one TV spot. But I don't know, it'll be interesting to see how much he's actually going to be integral to the story with the main cast. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think he, I, I compare him to Wedge Antilles, but I think he's definitely going to get way more screen time and character development than Wedge did. But I think his he's going to sort of serve a, a similar type of role where his main purpose is going to be to, to sort of be the, the heroic pilot in the sky, you know, leading the space battles where, while everybody else is, uh, you know, 
doing their thing, fighting Kylo Ren or whatever. I mean, I guess maybe in terms of character importance, I, I'd maybe put him more on the level of like Lando than uh, than Wedge. But um, again, that's that's all speculation. Maybe he ends up having the biggest character arc out of everybody, and they're just saving that as a big surprise. But well, um, we do know he's going to play a big role with getting Finn out of the First Order. Right, right, and yeah, I, I definitely think he's going to be. Um, important to the first act. In fact, I think of those first three characters, I think he might be the first one that we see uh, in the movie. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, but we uh, we'll just have to wait and see. Um, man, it's so cool to think that, like, even with all the stuff we've seen so far, and I know a lot of people, like, once they release this Japanese trailer and then the TV spot, some people are like, no, stop, this is too much. I don't want to see any more footage till the movie comes out. Um, but, like, the more we see and the more we think we know, the more we realize, like, that we still have a lot of holes to fill. Yeah, and the more we question ourselves, too. <laughs> yeah. Fast thinking. Yeah. Um, and so then, I mean, moving on in the trailer, we've just got a lot of uh, familiar action shots with Kylo, um, swinging that lightsaber down, and then uh, Finn and Rey getting chased by TIE fighters on Jakku, the Falcon getting chased. Um, and then uh, we get some more dialogue where the two of them introduced uh, or introduced themselves to each other for the first time um, on the Millennium Falcon. So that's kind of interesting that, I, I mean, I don't know how, how long we'll see them together for on Jakku, um, but probably not that long, seeing as how you know, it seems like they don't actually find out each other's names till they're on the Millennium Falcon and maybe after they've gotten away from the TIE Fighters. I was thinking the same thing when I saw this. First off, when I first heard their dialogue with them introducing uh, themselves to each other, I immediately thought back to the episode one trailer where uh, Qui-Gon introduces Obi-Wan to Anakin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that little bit of the same feel to me. They're on the ship and they're introducing themselves. So that was cool. But I did think about the same thing once they said that. I was like, huh, how long are they actually going to be on Jakku together? Because at first, I always just thought it'd be kind of similar to, you know, where Obi-Wan meets Luke in A New Hope and they're still on Tatooine for a good while once they find, you know, R R R2 and they go back to Obi-Wan's house and the Mos Eisley, the cantina and all that. So they're on there for a little bit. And I was kind of expecting the same thing with Rey and Finn where she finds him or he finds her. She takes them back to where she's at, or they go to the village a little bit. But now with this, since they're just introducing themselves here, I'm thinking more where they're not going to be on ja Jakku for that long once they meet. Because maybe it's just going to be they meet at that village where we see them in, in the trailer and other shots. And then the stormtroopers and TIE fighters come and start chasing them. And they just have to hurry up and get out of there. And once things finally quiet down, they're able to say, okay, let's introduce each other to ourselves. So... That made me think that maybe you shouldn't expect them to be on Jakku for that long once they finally meet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I do think we'll still spend a good amount of time on Jakku at the beginning of the movie. Um, especially, as you know, we've seen a lot of shots of Rey by herself and with BB-8 and everything. But mm. um, it's kind of starting to seem like, yeah, once Rey and Finn meet... Um, then suddenly the Empire, or the First Order is going to show up. There's going to be stormtroopers and TIE fighters. They're going to be on the run. Um, and next thing you know, they're on the Millennium Falcon getting out of there. And then it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, we just uh, saved each other's lives. What's your name again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's probably going to be when we finally see Finn and Ray meet up when we're seeing the movie for the first time. Might be thinking, okay, it's, we're probably going to be leaving Jakku pretty soon. Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm I'm starting to think maybe... 
you know, we've, we've seen the shot, I think it was in the last trailer where, um, I mean, you see the shot of Finn after the TIE fighters crashed and he's sort of walking over a sand dune and you see like a city off in the distance. Um, I'm thinking maybe he walks into the town and the shot that we've seen in a couple other trailers where Ray like grabs him by the hand and, you know, sort of helps him up. Um, I was sort of assuming like maybe that took place during a chase sequence or something and he got knocked down by an explosion and she's helping him up. But maybe he, you know, walked into town like miles from where his TIE fighter crashed, like passes out of dehydration and uh you know ray just kind of helps him up off the street gives him some water gets him back on his feet and next thing you know they got to be on the run from uh tie fighters or something um yeah <laughs> when you're saying that i was thinking or maybe it's going to be another uh episode one type thing where he picks a fight with a doug a very i wasn't even thinking doug's just as soon as you said episode one i'm thinking of like Ray tackling Finn to the ground as a big droid transport flies <laughs> over their heads. And then Finn's like, you saved my again. <laughs> uh, then the crowd boos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I will say too, it was pretty cool to finally hear their names be spoken in the movie because mm-hmm. we've seen it written down in a lot of places, a lot of sites <laughs> and stuff we've read. And we've heard the actors refer to their characters as Ray and Finn, but I don't know. There's always a little part of me that was saying, because especially with uh, Ray and how we heard the early rumors about her name being Kira, that maybe that's still the case. And the actors know that, but for right now, they're just referring to them as what was officially released by Lucasfilm until mm-hmm. people actually see the movie. So I was kind of neat to actually hear the words Finn and Ray spoken by their characters to kind of cement it that, yeah, that's how they're going to refer to themselves, at least for this movie anyway, yeah. those names that we've heard before. Well, I, I definitely think Finn is Finn. Um, and I think we've talked about before about his, uh, his number designation that um, at least from the rumors and stuff that we've heard that we think his stormtrooper number is FN two one eight seven. And that's where he got the name Finn from just from the FN and kind of gave himself that name, kind of like some of the clones on clone wars used to do. Um, as for Ray, I'm still wondering if I mean I've I've gotten used to Ray. I liked the name Kira Solo, um, but I'm like if, if her name ends up actually being Ray, I think that's fine. But I'm just wondering like we still don't know why she's on Jakku by herself, and if she's there because her family or whoever put her there was trying to hide her or keep her safe from something. Um, you know, wouldn't you maybe want to change your name in that case? And, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if Ray might be like a Ben Kenobi type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, again, just one of the, the many mysteries that I'm still anxious to find out. Totally. But, yeah, still cool to finally hear him spoken <laughs> in this trailer. That was another one of the things that stood out to me was hearing those names, Finn and Ray, coming out of their mouths. Yeah, definitely. That was cool. Um, then we get, you know, more awesome shots of um, the X-Wings flying over the water, the battle at Maskinata's Castle, the Knights of Ren, all that stuff that we saw in the previous trailer. Um, we get a couple new shots here of... Uh, what looks like the inside of the resistance base where we see princess Leia and we see C3PO for the first time in any yeah, of these trailers. Um, and, uh, you know, it looks like they're probably having some planning session or something. I don't know, going over the, the star killer base plans and where they're going to shoot their proton torpedoes. <laughs> um, and then, you know, we get some, some more shots that we've seen before. We do see a, another shot of, uh, 
BB-8 looking up at a big explosion happening you know, in the dark in the night on uh, Jakku. Um, again, just another really cool looking image. Um, I was kind of thinking too, almost along the same lines as that TIE fighter shot too. Maybe not quite as breathtaking as that one is, but it's still a great image to have. You see this desert landscape, it's night out. You see BBA sitting there and then a big explosion and just the lighting effects on it just looks really cool. Just such a just a <laughs> immersive image, I think, that just really draws you into that world of Jakku that we're seeing in here. And there's not much to it either. You just got BB-8 among the desert and an explosion, but yet it just really stands out to me. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, and I, th- I think one of the best things about it is like BB-8's reaction to the explosion almost. I mean, even though it's just a, a droid with two little ball segments, just sort of the way it moves, and you can see the reflection of the explosion in its little... Um, you know, it's main black yeah. eye thing or whatever. Um, and it's almost just sort of this look of, I don't know, wonder or terror or something. But you, I mean, you can almost see like an emotional reaction um, just from the the way that this little droid moves in it, you know, almost looks like it's kind of just staring up at this big explosion with wide eyes going, whoa, crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I kind of pieced together what's taking place in the sequence. I actually think this is, pretty early on maybe in the first one of the first sequences we get in the movie because we know it even says it in i think bb8's uh database entry in starwars.com that he's poe dameron's droid so we know that poe dameron is going to get captured by the first order so i'm thinking the whole sequence in the village where the flame troopers torch it and we see kylo ren and the captain phasma maybe amongst that they capture poe dameron but he leaves bb8 behind and he's bb 8 seen Poe Dameron, either maybe his X-Wing get blown up or just knowing that he was in that vicinity and he sees that explosion and he knows that Poe Dameron's either killed or captured and he just has that look on his, like that, almost a sorrow look on his face where he knows something terrible has happened and then he wanders off, gets captured by a scavenger and then gets found by Ray. So we'll see if that's how it plays out. But that's kind of judging from what we know and what we've seen in previous trailers and the uh, comic-con behind the scene footage i kind of get a feeling that that's how this sequence is going to play out and how bb8 goes from poe dameron to ray yeah i think you're pretty spot on there um i mean i have a lot of that same kind of speculation about how bb8 ends up getting transferred from poe dameron to ray and everything um i don't know if the x-wing is going to get blown up just because we've seen i think we saw in that comic-con behind the scenes footage there's a shot where um, it's nighttime on Jakku and you see him running towards his X-Wing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's how he escapes and gets off Jakku. Um, or, I mean, that could be a, a shot from before he gets captured. Um, that's kind of what I was thinking. And it was like maybe, funny. maybe they grab him as he's going back for his X-Wing, but I don't yeah, know. It's we'll funny see. too. I'm wondering how much of a presence Poe Dameron is going to have on Jakku once Finn and Ray meet and Finn goes on Jakku after he, leaves the first order i mean maybe that information's out there for those who are following spoilers for me personally i don't know right now so i'm kind of curious to how um poe dameron's gonna well i'm assuming finn helps him escape from being captured and then they go off their separate ways because he's not with finn when he goes to jakku at least in the footage we've seen so far so that's one of the things i'm still curious about how poe dameron's gonna fit into jakku once Ray and Finn meet up, and they obviously go off with Han and Chewie on the Falcon. So how does Poe Dameron get off there? That's right. what I'm still wondering about. Well, okay, first of all, um, and, and again, I'll talk about this a little bit later, I don't think Ray and Finn escape with Han and Chewie on the Falcon. 
Um, I think it's just Ray and Finn in the Falcon mm. at that point. Um, I also think, I mean, I don't know if TIE fighters have like ejector seats with parachutes or something, but I'm pretty sure when Finn and Poe Dameron escape from, you know, when, when Finn helps break him out, um, from the brig on the Star Destroyer or wherever he is, um, I'm pretty sure the two of them escape together in a TIE fighter. Um, because in that shot from the celebration trailer where there's the TIE fighter like hovering in the hangar and shooting, you know, all the stormtroopers and stuff in the hangar, um, it's firing backwards. And then, like I said, I realized from looking at the toys and stuff at, at Comic-Con that the new First Order TIE fighters have two seats facing back to back and that there's a swiveling That's turret right. on the bottom. Um and so I'm, I mean, obviously there are two people in that TIE fighter. One of them is manning, you know, the rear gunner position. And I think it's pretty safe to assume that those two people are uh, Finn and Poe Dameron. But then it seems like, I mean, at least from, like you said, from the footage we've seen so far, it looks like Finn is alone when he crashes on Jakku. Um, so some, you know, somewhere between them leaving the Star Destroyer and uh, them crashing on Jakku, like, Poe Dameron gets out and doesn't get sucked into the vacuum of space. I, who knows what happens? <laughs> or maybe um, I saw this right now. Maybe it's going to be kind of like the R2 and 3PO thing again. Once they landed on Tatooine and they have an argument and they both decide to go their separate ways, maybe Poe goes one way and Finn goes another. Because, too, I've been thinking about that uh, line Finn says from that toy that came out where he says, I never should have rescued you. Maybe that happens there Like once they crash land and things just look so bleak and awful that Finn just had enough of Poe Dameron and they just go their separate ways. That could very well be, too. Um, I'm also thinking, I mean, who knows, maybe there is like an ejector thing with a parachute and Poe Dameron knows how to use it because he's a pilot and Finn doesn't. Um, and so, you know, Poe gets out and Finn crashes and, you know, maybe Finn gets knocked unconscious in the crash. And by the time he wakes up, Poe Dameron's already landed safely and gone off and found his X-Wing. Um, but yeah, who knows? Like I said, it's fun to like piece these things together that we know so far and kind of start to figure out what the picture is going to look like. And yet at the same time, there's still, you know, so many things, uh, you know, so many holes missing that we have yet to find out. Yep, and that's the stuff where I want to find out when I actually see the movie. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also seeing, you know, how much of our speculation and stuff was right on and how much of it was way off. Yep. <laughs> um, and then, you know, again, some more familiar shots, um, some more dialogue from Han talking about, you know, the stories are true about the Force and everything. It's a little bit shorter than his dialogue uh, that he had in the trailer before this. And it um, is different where he says the Force, though, instead of just the Jedi and the dark side. Yeah. I wonder if that's, you know, a different conversation or it's a different take of dialogue that they're using for that same scene, though. I wonder what's the <laughs> if it is going to be both where he says Jedi and the Force, just at different points in the movie. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's all part of the same scene, the same conversation. And I just think in, you know, what we've heard from it in both trailers is just snippets of it that they've cut. Um, you know, obviously, Han is going to give more of an explanation to ray and finn than just it's true all of it the force the jedi the dark side they're all you know it's all real or whatever he says mm. um you know i, I think like i said that, that's just kind of little bits and pieces that they've taken and i think after that he's gonna give a little bit more explanation but they didn't put all of that in the trailer um then we've got this really cool shot of some x-wings 
flying into battle over the star killer base planet and it's like it's like the camera is mounted like in between the two wings of the <laughs> x-wing so fighter awesome. here um again just you know new new visual styles and camera angles and stuff that we've never seen before in a star wars movie and that yet just like fits so well um, and we still have yet to see Pose Black X Wing in action too in any of these trailers. Yeah, I can't no, wait to the, see that thing. <laughs> the only thing we've seen of it, um, and I'm pretty sure that it's uh, it's his X Wing. There's the shot, and I, I forget if it's at the end of this trailer, but it's also in you know the last trailer, the Monday Night Football one, um, where right before the X Wings go flying towards the the big swarm of Tie Fighters above the Star Killer base planet, there's like a close up of BB Eight. Um, in the back yeah, of an X-Wing. Right. And I'm pretty sure that's the black X-Wing. Because um, if you look closely, it looks like... I mean, you can't quite tell that it's black, but it definitely looks darker than like the white and blue ones. And I think you can also kind of see some orange trim in there. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's the black one. But Yeah, it probably um, is. But I can't wait to see it in action. <laughs> we see yeah. It. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm wondering if, you know, if, if it's going to have any... Uh, sort of different capabilities or anything. Um, you know, if this is actually like a special kind of X-Wing and it's not just black because like, oh, that's the squadron leader's X-Wing. It doesn't have to have any special abilities. It's going to look awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, and I only say that because I remember, I think I remember reading a rumor like a while back that it was going to have um, some sort of like stealth cloaking abilities or be able to block some kind of signal jammer that, the first order had so that he would be like the only one that's able to get close to star killer base or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was, but um, yeah, you know, like I said, I, I'd be interested to see um, if there's any, uh, any substance to those rumors or if it really is just like, Hey, wouldn't a black and orange X wing look cool. <laughs> I don't want to sell short these other X wings too. Cause I love the blue trim on them mm-hmm. more so than the red ones. <laughs> yep. These X wings just look so awesome. Yep. And actually, Speaking of which, I've got both of those sitting right here on my desk in front of me. The little, <laughs> uh, the Black Series Titanium Diecast ones. Um, I got the. I, I think I mentioned this before. I picked up the regular white and blue one as well as the First Order Tie Fighter on Force Friday. But then I recently got the black and orange X Wing as well, um, and just got the two of those sitting right next to each other, like they're flying in formation or something like that. <laughs> Just get like some spray some water on there just to give it that effect from the trailer. Oh, dude! <laughs> now I need to like find a place with some steam and set up a little photo shoot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get on it. Um, and then we get some more cool shots. We see Ray grabbing her staff, which I think is the first time we've actually seen her using that at all um, in any of these trailers. Um, another and what shot. She's walking on though. That what looks like to me is the ATAT that we've seen just the very small glimpses of. <laughs> we still haven't seen it in full, but I think she's walking on it, grabbing her staff right there. Oh, you know, that's a good point. Oh, actually, yep, yep, I think you're right. Um, if, if you pause it, like right at the beginning of that shot, it certainly looks like she's running up the leg of an ATAT. Man, I can't wait to see that thing in full. Of <laughs> all the beautiful shots we've seen in these trailers, that's going to be one. I think they're probably going to stay for the movie, but it's going to be one of the standouts, I think. Yeah. It's, uh, so awesome. Um, and then, of course, you know, we see Finn igniting the lightsaber. 
we get one of my favorite shots where Chewie bores, oh, yes. clicks a button, and then we see a huge <laughs> explosion. Um, which, I mean, some as some people have pointed out, we don't even know if those two shots are connected because this kind of looks like the bridge of a Star Destroyer, but it also does kind of look like it could be some sort of base or bunker or something. Um, I mean, it kind of looks like um, the inside of the Endor shield bunker um, from Return of the Jedi, but um, I don't know. I, it, even if they're not connected, it's nice to make it look like they are because, um, yeah, Chewie is blowing stuff up um <laughs> and i think i have to say this just be my favorite might be my favorite moment from this international trailer it was just awesome to see Chewie just in action <laughs> igniting or hitting that trigger and setting off an explosion because we always talk about you know han luke and leia being back and sometimes i think Chewie might get a little bit of the short staff where he's not mentioned a lot as far as those coming back and we know how great of a character Chewie is and how important he is mm-hmm. to Han and all that. So just seeing this quick shot of him. I mean, we've seen him before in the last trailer, but not so much. But, you know, he just had his hands over his back or on his head being captured. And then, of course, in the first season. But to finally see him doing something in action was just really cool. Even though just him igniting or hitting a trigger, it's still it was still kind of a spot moment for me seeing, seeing Chewie like really back in action, just like we saw him in the original trilogy. So I got a kick out of this moment and it probably ends up being my favorite, even amongst all the awesome shots we saw in here. It was just cool to see this, how Chewie had this moment in the trailer. Yeah. And you know what? I'm actually probably looking forward to the most with Chewie in this movie. I just hope we get to see him actually fire his bowcaster because now that I think about it, like, I don't think we ever saw him fire the bowcaster in the original trilogy. No, actually, we did in uh, Return of the Jedi when he's shooting the scout trooper trying to escape. Oh, right. Yep. There you go. Yeah, he shoots him off the bike. Mm-hmm. Um, but that might okay. Be good, actually. Well, man, now I'm kind of disappointed because I'm like in video <laughs> games and stuff. The bow, the bowcaster always fires like these cool green bolts and stuff. And I'm like in that scene, you know, he's just firing regular lasers. Um, but it is still kind of funny to note that like for as much time as he spends carrying that thing around, um, you know, we can only come up with one scene where we see him actually use it. Yeah. Before the Ewoks um, confiscated it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like in, at least, you know, on Bespin in Empire Strikes Back, he gets that confiscated too. And then at the end, as they're escaping, he's shooting a stormtrooper blaster. Um, same thing on the Death Star in A New Hope. He's, you know, shooting a, a stormtrooper gun that he took from a stormtrooper somebody shot. So um yeah hope to see more of chewy in action with the bowcaster as well as the remote explosives it might get confiscated again though maybe captain phasma will take it <laughs> they're both out their hands up <laughs> i don't know maybe a stormtrooper will take it and then chewy will rip his arms out of his sockets and take it back <laughs> man you're really dying to see that happen i am dude like <laughs> <laughs> it'll happen one of these days um and then, of course, after this, we get what I think is a lot of people's favorite shot from this trailer. I don't know if it's mine, but it's definitely up there um, as being one of the coolest. Uh, it's a shot of Ray and Kylo Ren in the forest. Um, I don't know if Ray is kneeling down or if Kylo's just way taller than she is, but he's got his lightsaber. I mean, he's standing behind her. He's got his lightsaber extended and kind of held out to her neck, and she's just kind of looking down at it. Um, as it extends past her face and, you know, obviously just this look of utter terror on her face. I know that's what stood out to me, the look on her face. I mean, just look at it. She is terrified, not only because, 
he has that weapon in front of her face. But I think it's like she's never seen something like this before. And we don't know whether or not at this point in the movie, if they have Luke's lightsaber and it's been ignited and she saw a lightsaber. But to have this one like pointed at her that up close and knowing how unique Kylo Ren's saber is and like the flame effects that are on it and just how unstable it is. I mean, that'll cause terror into anyone's face. And Daisy really does a great job of selling it just how terrified she is. And this moment, yeah, it's an awesome shot. But like I said, definitely one of the highlights for it. And I don't know if you thought about this, Kyle, but remember those concept arts that leaked about a year ago and there was that moment where we saw the character who we're assuming was Ray, and then a dark figure. She was just kind of standing there almost in shock and he had his, like his arms around her. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if this is kind of that same sequence, but you know, after rewrites and stuff, just playing out differently. But yet it's gonna be what that moment was meant to be in those early stages. And maybe Kylo Ren might make some big revelations to her <laughs> in this moment. So yeah, this is gonna be a scene, another one of many that I can't wait for. Just this could be the moment that all the speculation we're doing, this can be the moment where we find out a lot of that stuff if we're mm-hmm. right or wrong. So, yeah, this from visually it looks awesome, but I think from a story standpoint, it's going to be a great scene to see unfold. Well, that could possibly be. I'm also thinking that maybe in this scene, I think maybe Ray gets captured mm-hmm. um, and that, you know, she's either taken back aboard a Star Destroyer or Star Killer base or something, and then maybe that. Uh, that scene that you're talking about from the concept art because like yeah like you said it did look like it was dark and had some dramatic lighting and was probably some sort of interior space um so you know then maybe uh once she's captured and locked up and then he goes into interrogator and uh you know like you said maybe we get some more big revelations it's probably where the uh is it true you're just a scavenger where that Mm -hmm. line comes from although that could also be from this forest battle right here too yeah um Oh, that's interesting because, I mean, it's possible, but I've never considered her maybe getting captured. And maybe that's where maybe Finn and Han and Chewie go off to Starkiller Base and the snow planet where that's where they find her. And then, you know, that whole final battle that we see play out between Finn and Kylo Ren. Maybe it's going to play into where they have to find Rey and the Resistance is going to attack Starkiller Base. So they're all kind of going there for similar purposes, but yet their main focus is to find Rey. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting now that you mentioned that. Yeah, I, I think that could definitely play into it, um, especially, you know, maybe it's a a scenario where the Resistance has been trying to locate Starkiller Base, or maybe they know where it is, but they've been trying to, uh, you know, amass their forces for an attack, or they've been trying to find out its weakness or something like that, um, you know, been been kind of sitting around waiting and biding their time before going and attacking it, and when Rey gets captured, that's the, you know, sort of the catalyst for um, you know, okay, fine. We're, we're finally going to go attack this base now, which again, you know, Leia would have a whole lot motivation, a whole lot more motivation for that if this was her daughter. So, um, it'll still work if it's her niece too. <laughs> could possibly be. Yeah, I get what you're saying though. But... Um, also just one other thing I wanted to point out here. I mean, we've talked already about how cool the lightsaber looks, but when it's right up against Ray's face, um, it's like, it's not just the lightsaber itself that's crackling, but it's just this energy around it. So you see the same sort of like distorted, jumpy, twitchy, crackling look on her face almost. And so it's like this lightsaber, yeah. you know, sort of distorts all the energy around it. And it looks so freaking cool. Like you only see it for a split second and you have to be like looking right at Ray's cheek almost to even notice it. But it's like, man, that is a really cool visual effect right there. 
Yeah, hopefully one of many, which I'm assuming we're going to get with that lightsaber <laughs> we oh, were talking yeah. about earlier with that first shot. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine, like, what a lightsaber fight with that thing is going to look like? I know, man. I mean, oh, the, the way it's going to look when it swings in an arc or the the different, uh, you know, clashes and flares and stuff. Like, oh, who knows what it's going to do? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just getting excited just thinking about it. And like we talked about before, we haven't seen any shots yet of two lightsabers clashing in this movie. No, no and, we're going to get it, but man, it's like, I, I think I said this before too, but I hope the first time we see that is in the movie, just because mm-hmm. we're so close right now and everyone's just going to lose their minds. Yeah. And I think it will be in the movie, but again, we'll see. Um, then the next shot here, like I said, this is that shot with uh, BB eight in the back of the X-wing. And I'm pretty sure that's the black one. Yeah, um, I, I think it definitely is. <laughs> you can definitely see some orange trim on the engine there. Um, and, you know, some familiar shots of Poe Dameron in the cockpit, the X-Wings flying towards the TIE Fighters. Um, okay, and then lastly, um, you know, I think, I don't remember how much we talked about this last shot in the on our last episode for the, the trailer before this. Yeah, we kind of stayed away from it. <laughs> we kind of stayed away from it because it was kind of quick, kind of blink and you'll miss it, and kind of spoiler-ish. Um, but I think... This is, you know, it, it shows up again at the end of this trailer. They stay on it for a lot longer. And since this second trailer, or, you know, this this Japanese trailer came out, I've seen a lot more people on social media, like both Star Wars fans and, uh, you know, even just like some of my friends on Facebook and stuff who are into Star Wars but aren't quite on the level of like Star Wars podcasters and stuff. But I've seen just more people in general talking about this and speculating about who it might be. And I've also seen some more diverse theories than i thought people might have so uh let's i don't know let, let's talk about this i mean you see ray looking up at uh i mean what seems like a bright light we can't see what she's looking at but she's obviously crying and very distressed and if you look closely in the foreground it looks like there's something or someone there in front of her that she's crying over but definitely looks like a person um tim who do you think it is yeah, this is something I suspected since <laughs> we found out the victory were coming back, and I think it's Han Solo. There's just too many signs that it points to, and not even just from what visually from what you see in the shot, even though I think you could make out where it's possibly him, but I think I've said this before. I know I've said it to you and a few other people where someone from the original trilogy is going to die in this movie. It just has to. It just fits the Star Wars mold because the mentor figure... They always go in the first part of a new trilogy, Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan. And who are we seeing being billed as the mentor figure who's going to lead Rey and Finn on this journey? It's Han Solo. And especially, again, if there's a family connection here, she's going to have the reaction that we see in this shot, her just crying. And yeah, just to me, it just makes too much sense that it's going to be Han Solo. And even going, I think I remember on our first or second episode that we recorded, we were saying, oh, maybe this is the way they get Harrison back because he's always felt Han Solo's to die in some heroic mm-hmm. manner. And maybe his wish is finally going to get fulfilled in this one. And I think it is. There's just too much signs that points to that. So, yeah, I'm in the camp that that is Han Solo. Yeah, and I I 100% agree with you. I think you can see some gray hair. I think you can see an ear. I think you can see the sleeve of that leather jacket that we've seen him wearing. Um, but I've also heard a lot of people who think it's Finn and a lot of people who think it's Chewie. Um, 
And I can kind of see how what we're thinking is like the shoulder or the elbow, how you could think that might look like Chewie's, you know, satchel thing that he carries. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, that's it, where I, I can kind of see the Chewie thing more because of that, like you said. But when you look at mm-hmm. it closely, it, it doesn't really fit when you look on like the left side of that shot. Yeah. Well, and also, like I said, you, you can at least I think you can see something that definitely looks like a human ear. Yeah. Um, and so, well, again, I'll, I'll as much as I want to kind of speculate more about this, I'm going to kind of put all my pieces together at the end here. But yeah, I, I think it's Han as well. Um, for like you said, for several other reasons other than just um, what we can uh, sort of piece together from this image here. Yeah, and also, too, another new line of dialogue from Maz Kanata here that was a great way to end it, where she says, hope was not lost, it was found. And even more so, I think I like this one better than how the last trailer ended, where she said, "You just uh, for the forest, just let it in. This one, I don't know, just resonated more with me. Just, you know, going back to the, just the word hope, you immediately think back to a new hope and about how Luke was that new hope, and now it looks like Rey is going to continue on that legacy, which, again brings it all back to me thinking she's going to be Luke's daughter. So I thought it was a great way to end on that note. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is I'm wondering like when Maz Kanata says that line, um, yeah. I, I, obviously I don't think it's over that shot that we see right there, but I think they put no. that there to imply that something bad is going to happen in the movie that Ray is crying over someone who's died right there, but that obviously, um, you know, whatever happens like more good than bad is going to come of it. Um, the other thing too, I mean, we, we talked about this with the last trailer, but I think even it's even cemented further in this trailer, um, that obviously Ray is going to be the, the Jedi hero, the, the, I mean, you know, obviously the, the Skywalker child, we're both uh, sort of on the same page there, you know, regardless of which, uh, Skywalker she's a a child of, but, um, that she is kind of going to be front and center in these, in these movies, at least in terms of like who the story really revolves around, who is the, uh, the, the one taking the hero's journey. Um, although I, I think she and Finn are both going to be pretty close. I think Finn's going to have his own hero's journey to take, but we've just seen so much, uh, footage of Ray in these last couple trailers that, um, and, and so many lines of dialogue from Maz Kanata that we think are directed to her, um, that obviously, she, you know, there, there's something going on with her where she is either strong in the force or is going to become strong in the force. So, you know, she has a lot of potential. And also going back to Maz Kanata, and when you were saying, when, when is she saying this line of dialogue? For some reason, I know it's not the case. I just keep thinking that the, her only moment in the movie is when they go to her castle before it gets attacked. And once they leave, that's it. But no, we know we saw in the first or the second teaser, actually, where she's handing the lightsaber over to Princess Leia. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not been confirmed, but it's pretty much 99% sure that that's Maz Kanata handing that lightsaber over. So you know she's going to be in the movie more than just that one sequence when they're at her castle. So I don't know why I keep thinking that, because that's not the case. And I think we've even heard, it's going a while ago, but even rumors about her kind of traveling with the group also. So we'll see how much she is with them, but it is definitely more than just one sequence when they're at her castle. And mm-hmm. I just got to keep remembering that. Yeah, well, and especially too, because... I mean, obviously, even if that line isn't from the very end of the movie, it definitely seems like it's after something bad happened. Yeah. Um, so I think it could be from the very end of the movie and maybe maybe Han dies and maybe um, Ray and Finn come back to 
the resistance base and they see Maz Kanata there and she says, you know, hope is not lost today, it is found. And maybe that's when she gives Leia the lightsaber or maybe while they've been off fighting at Starkiller base, she's found out where Luke is. And, you know, so maybe then, you know, she ends the movie by telling Ray where to find Luke yeah. and, and we see them together for the first time. Um, <laughs> Man, I know we talked about how initially we're going to be somewhat disappointed if Luke's not in it that much and it's at the very end. But boy, what a payoff it's going to be from all this awesome stuff looks like we're getting for the whole portion of the movie. But then you ended on that with Luke. It might be for the best, really, <laughs> now that mm-hmm. I think about it. It's going to be such a what a way to end it on a high note, especially if there's some down moments like here where we're speculating if Han does die, what's the perfect way to pick you up? See Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, it would be such a shame, though, to never get to see Han and Luke on screen together again. Yeah, that's the one thing. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. At least we'll get to see Han with the new characters for a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but then the other thing, too, is... Um, I mean, I think at least of all the stuff we've seen so far, I think that line could either take place at the very end of the movie or it could take place after the battle at her castle. Um, Cause obviously that thing gets wrecked. And I was wondering yeah. like, well, does she die in the battle? Maybe, I don't know. But I mean, this line seems to, like I said, be referencing something bad. So she could be saying this just after the first order has destroyed her stronghold. Um, and, you know, Ray could be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. We, brought the bad guys down on your head and, you know, almost got you killed and got your whole palace destroyed. And she'd be like, Oh no, it's okay. Like hope is not lost today. It is found. And I don't, maybe then she, maybe that's when she gives somebody the lightsaber. I don't know. Yeah. But it does sound perfect to say that line when hope is found. If she hands out lightsaber to someone, if it's that moment with mm. Leia or maybe with Ray, because it is just like, again, using the word poetic where they found Luke's lightsaber and that's the hope that they're kind of building towards. So that'd be really cool. But it is, she does say that when she hands someone that lightsaber. Yeah. Um, okay, so that is the end of the Japanese trailer. Um, the first of our surprises. Of the, last week. Right. I mean, <laughs> for one thing, I was surprised when this came out. And then once that came, I'm like, okay, that's got to be it for new footage, right? Like, we'll start getting TV spots, but those are just going to be recuts of all the trailers and things but no we get a tv spot two days later (laughs) that's got a bunch of other new stuff um and again a lot of this is a a lot of the new stuff here is dialogue um but i mean it but it's got a lot of new footage in here too i mean just the opening shot is of the millennium falcon flying towards uh you know what we're assuming is mas canada's castle um it's got the same uh, you know, green mountains and stuff around it and a big lake in front of it that looks like some X-Wings could come flying over <laughs> in what's going to be the most awesome looking scene in all of Star Wars ever. Um, but then there's some pretty revealing dialogue from Maz Kanata here in this uh, this TV spot where she says, I've lived long enough to see the same eyes in different people. And then she see, she says, I've seen your eyes. I know your eyes. Um, and of course, right as she says that last part, I know, I I know your eyes, uh, you see Ray look up kind of towards the camera. Um, so again, obviously talking about her here. Um, and then, uh, of course this is followed by text on the screen that says every generation has a story. Um, so it's like, if you had any doubt before that Ray was going to be, uh, part of the next generation of the Skywalker family, um, I don't think you can doubt that any longer. 
Um, which is interesting because I don't know if we mentioned this before, but I've still seen rumors going around pretty recently that she's not related mm-hmm. uh, to that. I think I've seen rumors that she and Kylo Ren are brother and sister, but that they're not uh, related to the Skywalker family in any way. And I'm like, I just don't buy that. Um they're so obviously setting her up as the, you know, like I said, the the one to carry on the torch for the next generation of the Skywalker legacy. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> They're just too much in these trailers and now this TV spot. And this even Kathleen Kennedy's comments before saying how they're continuing on the Skywalker family. And it's got to be one of them at least. But I'm yeah. still thinking that Ray's going to be the continuation of that legacy from the good guy's side. And yeah, just more dialogue from Matt Kanata from there, where when she says, I've seen your eyes with different people, I, immediately I kind of thought the same thing. Oh, she might be referring to, you know, her, like her family, maybe Luke or maybe even Anakin or something like that. But kind of when I think about it, I'm starting to think maybe it's just like her eyes in regarding like force potential and just that mm-hmm. she sees the force in her through her eyes. Um, because the line different people is kind of what, stirred me away from that because after seeing it for the first time you don't remember the dialogue 100 percent. i was kind of thinking where she said i've seen your eyes before meaning it could have been you know like her father or grandfather or something like that but when she said different people i kind of think it's more of a generalization type thing where maybe she's seen her eyes in other force sensitive people but still that's not deterring me to thinking that oh <laughs> she's not going to be related to a skywalker or a solo because going back to what you said that generation tagline on there I was so glad to see that for that reason, like you mentioned how they're kind of driving home that point, but also too, it brought me back to the episode one, uh, first teaser trailer where it said like every generation has a beginning and, or to that, I think that was a line. Cause there I think it was people. every saga has a beginning or every generation has a story. I think maybe it was that or, one. Oh, okay. Yeah. One of those, but um, just to kind of draw me back to that, you know, the whole generation an idea that you were like you just mentioned where it just has to be <laughs> it's just too much pointing in that direction and that's what you want the star wars episode and i think how lucasfilm's referring to them as a saga films to be about the skywalker family and now this new generation of that family so yeah i'm with you this just reaffirmed that more to me and i have heard the same rumors and people talking about like you have where they're not going to be related to anyone but I just don't think that's going to be the case. And I'll kind of talk about this more later when we get to an interview with J.J. Abrams, but maybe it's just not going to be when we think we'll find out yeah. <laughs> the truth about everything. So well, I think it's definitely going to be the case when we're all said and done. It's just a matter of when we're going to actually get that revelation. Yeah, but um, I mean, as far as Maz Kanata's lines here about uh, the eyes and everything, I mean, when she says, I've lived long enough to see the same eyes in different people, I definitely think she's talking about um, not just Ray, but like sort of families in general. I think she's saying, you know, I'm old, I've seen, um, you know, a a lot of sort of, um, I don't know, torches passed down from one generation to the next, so to speak, or I've seen a lot of generations of families come and go. Um, and so I, I do think she's talking specifically about family and lineage there. And in now the interesting thing where she says to Ray, I've seen your eyes. I know your eyes. Um, now at least going off of my personal theory that she's still Han and Leia's daughter. Um, I think by this point in the movie, I think we will have found that out. Um, I think 
especially now that we know Ray is waiting for her family, I don't think there's going to be a surprise moment for Ray where she finds out that Han Solo is her father. Um, I think that'll be a surprise for the audience, um, or at least, you know, for maybe for people who aren't expecting it. Um, and for some of us, it'll be you know, confirmation of our theories. But I think maybe the first time that Han and Chewie set foot on the Falcon and see Finn and Ray, Ray's going to be like, oh, hi, Dad, you got old. Um, <laughs> you know, something like that. Um, so I, I don't think Maz Kanata is going to be talking about her parents right here. I think she's talking about Anakin Skywalker. Um, especially because, I mean, we know Leia has the force as well, but maybe just like in the EU, maybe she didn't really get time to sort of, um, train as a Jedi and sort of, uh, fully tap into that force potential. And so even though Ray is part of the, the Skywalker family, maybe she doesn't really know, um, all that much about the force. Maybe she doesn't even know that she herself can use the force, um, and I actually think that Maz Kanata, first of all, with the amount of sort of wisdom and uh, and sort of, um, you know, words of like teaching these younger characters that we've heard just from her few lines of dialogue in these trailers, and then also from the use of Yoda's theme in this TV spot, she is totally right. the Yoda of this yeah. movie, <laughs> maybe of this whole trilogy, um, but... Yeah, it's like, um, and, and it's interesting because, you know, who would have thought that the uh, the pirate queen, um, as we first heard her described as, would end up being like the Jedi mentor. Um, but I think she's definitely like the Yoda type character of this movie. I also have, you know, this is just sort of my personal speculation. I think she was a former Jedi who survived the Clone Wars, um, survived Order 66, you know, gave up the Jedi lifestyle and went off to, you know, I, I don't know if she went right into piracy or if that's eventually something that she went into, or maybe she, you know, sort of became this, uh, you know, sort of pirate queen or whatever, and built up this whole castle and whole, uh, motley crew of scum and villainy around her just as sort of a, a good cover so that no one would think to look for a Jedi in that spot. Um, but then I think, you know, like I said, I, I think she was a former Jedi and I think she probably knew Anakin Skywalker or at least bumped into him once or twice. Um, and so when she tells Ray, I know your eyes, I think that's what she's talking about. Um, and so, you know, even though obviously there's Luke, um, you know, from the same generation of, uh, you know, Leia, I, I think if she's talking just about Ray's parents, Han and Leia, I think she's saying, yeah, maybe this whole force thing sort of skipped a generation, at least over your mom and dad. And, but you know, you, you've got the same kind of great potential in you that your, uh, your grandfather had. Mm -hmm. um, just don't you know get angry and slaughter a bunch of Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> um, I could totally see that happening. I think it'd be cool. But at the same time, I also think it would be cool if we get someone who's powerful in the force and his knowledge of the force, but wasn't necessarily a Jedi kind of like, same thing with the Knights of Ren that I'm hoping for where, well, we know for a fact they're not Sith, but just another faction out there that use the Force. I, I just love that idea that it's not just the Jedi and Sith, and, but there's other either factions or just people in general who are very knowledgeable and powerful in the Force, but not necessarily referred to as Jedi or Sith. So I, I could guess I can go either way. <laughs> I wouldn't be bummed at all if what you were saying, if her being a surviving Jedi from the Clone Wars was actually her backstory also. So 
I mean, she's still just a fascinating character. I mean, we've, we've heard so much of her. And besides from seeing her on the poster, <laughs> I'm still dying to see her, how she's going to look in this movie because mm-hmm. we just keep hearing her voice over and over again and hearing new things from her. I just want to put a live action face to that <laughs> voice that we keep hearing. So after these two trailers and now a TV spot, I think I said this before too, where it's not going to be until we actually see the movie when we see her. Like, I'm going to say in the flesh, but I guess CG flesh is when we actually see what she's going to look like and be portrayed Mm -hmm. as. Yeah. Now, of course, you know, we had speculated before, like, is that her on the poster? Is that some other character? Um, I think that has been maybe officially confirmed now, Um, not from anyone directly at Lucasfilm, but um, there's a, uh, this interesting article on entertainment weekly um, that they posted right after this TV spot came out. Um, And, you know, thanks to our friend Paul for pointing this out to us um, as we were all, you know, dissecting the, you know, this 30 seconds of footage and everything, but um, they go into this and actually reveal quite a bit more. And, you know, again, I'm assuming this is all legit because uh, this isn't like speculation or anything. Um, but this is from, you know, Anthony Bresnikan, who hosted the the panel at uh, Celebration where they showed that second trailer and everything. Um, but they've got like eight slides here talking about new stuff in the trailer and uh, kind of breaking it down. Um, but on the very first slide on that shot of the Falcon flying towards the castle, uh, the caption here says the new TV spot for Star Wars The Force Awakens is narrated by Lupita Nyong'o's alien character Maz Kanata, and, it, and so it's fitting that it opens on her home, a castle on the planet Takodana, um, which we had heard that name rumored before, um, but um, you know now that is, like I said, apparently confirmed. Um, and then it says director JJ Abrams calls this her watering hole. We've only seen her on the poster, a smallish figure with black goggles. Her eyes are covered because they hold a secret power. That's why her, why her narration is significant. I have lived long enough to see the same eyes in different people. I see your eyes. I know your eyes. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I'm like, yeah, her eyes hold a secret power. Are we talking about just a, a force thing or is she some sort of alien where, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I'm sort of thinking of like Quinlan Voss's force power where he touches things and can sort of, he, he gets like glimpses of things through the force of where they've been and, uh, you know, things about the people who've used those objects and things like that. Maybe this is something similar with her, except it's, you know, she can do that just by looking at people um, and sort of through the force, you know, see things about them or where they came from or their, their, potential or their connections to other things within the force. I don't know. Um, yeah, I kind of thought where this might be way out there, but what if she can actually see the force or at least elements of the force hmm. where like she sees the aura or like the potential of like the force itself or like the cosmic force and the living force kind of certain things we saw in the Yoda arc in Clone Wars. Maybe she can see that where others can, because I mean, we don't know her background. Like we were just speculating what, she came where she came from or what species she is. And maybe it's kind of not necessarily her species all have it, but just her in particular, because for some reason she's just really strong in the forest and she has this ability. And maybe there's a reason for why she wears those goggles that we see on the trailer. Maybe that's just to kind of help her see normally, like you know, in the living world, not, and then maybe she takes them off. It reveals where she only sees things through the forest or she sees the forest or maybe she can see midi-chlorians in action. <laughs> but even though I know JJ said we're not going to hear 
midi chlorians mentioned in the movie, but you know, just some of that same effect where she's seeing things that no one else can with the force, and that's what she sees in Ray. So, yeah, I thought that was a pretty big reveal in that small little post there. <laughs> I mean, that's what I kind of surprised that we at least haven't seen her at all in the t- trailer or the TV spot now because we're getting all this information about her, and we, s- oh, we still only have that one little image of her on the poster, but. Mm-hmm. Even though that's the last thing we've yet to see from Ascanada, I'm really fascinated with her character. I mean, like we were talking about, what is her backstory? Are we going to get that revealed now? What is this power? Will that even be fully revealed in the movie? And it'll be kind of left to a mystery like Yoda, where we don't know his species or his home world. So, but I do agree with you that she probably is, at least just for this movie, the Yoda character for all these character other characters who kind of go there to seek wisdom from her on the Force. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course there's some other cool stuff in this TV spot that we didn't even talk about yet too. Like, uh, I mean, we get a shot of Han in the snow on, um, you know, what we're assuming is the Starkiller base planet. Um, Not the same coat from Hoth, but it's kind of similar. Right. And you know, it's funny. I keep saying, I, I keep just referring to it as the Starkiller base planet. I'm like, is it just going to be called Starkiller base? Does the planet still have a name? I don't know. I know. Can it be Ilum? <laughs> Possibly. Um, I mean, all those crystals would certainly probably give you enough power to power a giant cannon or whatever that weapon is. I know. It'd make perfect sense. Yeah. I know uh, one of our listeners and Twitter follower, uh, Greg, was making that point where uh, he was saying how it would be perfect <laughs> where Starkiller Base was Ilum, just for the reasons you mentioned, because... It's full of kyber crystals and what power the Death Star blasts and to have the whole planet be powered by that could be pretty devastating. Destroy star systems like Starkiller Base. Yeah, it definitely could. Um, We've also got in here, I mean, in the last trailer, we got uh, a shot of Ray grabbing her staff. Now we actually see her using it for the first time, um, beating up on somebody. Now, here's another interesting thing. And again, this is something that like I totally leave out in all my theories and stuff when I'm thinking about this. You know, we've even got like some action figures and stuff of different Jakku thugs and whatnot, um, which is who it looks like she's fighting here. Um, You know, she's she's whacking what looks like some alien dude, but it's definitely not a stormtrooper or anything. Um, And it's like, are all these gangs and stuff going to play some sort of big role in the beginning part of the movie or how are they going to factor into all this um but again i'm thinking maybe finn comes into town and these guys all gang up on him and uh i don't know try to kill him or think he's got money or whatever and try to take his credits and maybe you know ray comes to uh fight off these thugs and comes to the aid of this defenseless stranger yeah i was thinking something similar but instead of finn i was thinking maybe bb8 since everyone's Hmm. scavengers and he'd probably look something very valuable for, to these scavengers to try to get their hands on. That could be too. But I didn't see him in that shot where she's whacking that guy. So I don't know, maybe he rolled out of there <laughs> when she came. But the possibility with Finn is could be likely too. I just think they're going to be there to kind of establish that uh, Ray can take care of herself, where she can defend herself. She's a good fighter. and We're going to see that in display probably in the sequence where she's taking out this other scavenger. Yeah. And that Jakku is, you know, kind of a rough place and she's had to learn to, you know, like you said, take care of herself and watch yeah, out, exactly. w- watch her own back over the years. Yep. 
Um, yeah, so we get that. I mean, we got a couple new shots of uh, Poe Dameron and some X-Wings flying over the surface of Starkiller Base. See, and that shot was interesting because we mainly just seen him flying over like the snow coverings of the planet, but this actually looks like the base. I mean, it totally yeah. gives the feel of the Death Star where mm-hmm. we're seeing the base aspect of the planet now. Yeah, yeah, so that's setting itself apart. Where even though we may have the similar feel with the Death Star, it's actually in the planet now, and they're not in space. <laughs> Again, it just adds that familiar yet different aspect to this whole space or not space, but aerial battle that we're going to be seeing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like uh, it's like flying over the surface of the Death Star with snowy mountains off in the background. And yep. <laughs> this looks so cool. Yeah, um, and then of course you know we see. Um, Ray picking Finn up off the ground. We see a, another really cool couple of shots from what looks like it's going to be that forest confrontation between uh, Ray and Kylo, where she pulls a blaster, shoots at him, and he is, I don't know, coming between some rocks or between some trees or something and you know, deflects the blasts. And you see sparks and smoke and everything going up around him while he's coming at her with the saber ignited and the mask and the full you know he's in full awesome looking bad guy mode yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell when it's just so quick but for me anyway i kind of look like he wasn't deflecting those blasts with ease i think like you would expect darth vader would you know just casually waving his lightsaber deflecting it Felt like he was putting a little more effort or had to be a little more careful with deflecting it again it is a real quick shot but to me it didn't look like he was doing it quite easily as you would expect you know a veteran like dark side force shoes or wood well you know what i'm thinking that might actually be a pretty powerful blaster because also if you look at the size of the the little explosions and the the smoke and the sparks and stuff that's going off um i mean that looks bigger than anything you'd expect from just like a little hand blaster pistol, you know, impacting against a rock or something. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe his lightsaber does something to where it, you know, deflects the the shots harder or something. And that makes it do something. But I mean, maybe Ray got some sort of, you know, super pistol. Um, <laughs> maybe she's got the noisy cricket from men in black. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not set to stun. That's for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. But yeah, man, such a another cool Kylo Ren shot that matches together with what we saw in the international trailer in the sequence, and yeah, this keeps looking more and more awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, of course, the the last couple of shots that we see here, um, you know, Ray pushing hard on the throttle of the Millennium Falcon, and then we see it come blasting through some trees. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Um, yeah, which I, you know, such a great shot. And then it just sort of flies over the camera. Now, here's a question. Do you think those two shots are sort of back to back right there? You know what? I was thinking the same thing when I first saw it, but I'm going to say no, actually. I think it's part of, part of me thinks it's going to be part of from when they escape on Jakku and Ray mm-hmm. takes control of the Falcon and that. And I don't know, I could be totally off base here, but I just think the sun is shining a little bit too bright in that shot of her like going full throttle on it, where and you look at the Star Killer base, it is in the daytime, but I don't think it looks that bright out where the sun is shining through on Star Killer base and the snow and the mm-hmm. forest and all that. So I'm going to say no, but 
it's two great shots back to back, regardless, which really is a great way to end this uh, TV spot. Yeah. And, but the other thing too, I mean, you think this shot of the Falcon flying through the trees has got to be either, it's got to be like either the heroes, like maybe sort of crash landing on Starkiller base or taking off at the end and trying to get away. Yeah. Um, but we know that, of course, we've seen the, the duel with, um, or seen the beginning of the duel with uh, Finn and uh, Kylo Ren, and that takes place at night. So I'm thinking that'll probably be like the last big scene. And then if, if they get away, it'll probably be like right after that. So it'll probably be dark at that time. Um, and then at the beginning, I mean, again, you know, sort of my theory there being that maybe Ray gets captured. I'm like, she probably wouldn't be the one flying them onto the planet. Um, but also, I mean, it's a pretty close-up shot of her flying the Falcon right there, but it does kind of look like it, like she might be alone in the cockpit right there. Um, there could maybe be one person next to her, but it doesn't. It definitely doesn't look like Finn and Han and Chewie and everybody's up there in the cockpit with her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm thinking that shot of the Falcon coming through the trees has got to be like, I mean, like I said, maybe they make a crash landing on Jakku or something or on Jakku on uh, Starkiller base. Um, but I don't think that's Ray flying the Falcon to Starkiller base. Um, and yeah, that's probably like, especially the lighting and everything. I think you're right. I think that's probably Jakku. And I know I've said this before, every time we talk about Starkiller base and any shots, whether in the forest, but just another perfect example. I just love the setting of snow in the forest. I mean, we like I said, we've seen those two separately in Star Wars movies, but combining them together on this planet, uh, this looks so awesome. And all the awesome stuff we're getting in that environment too. The lightsaber battle, and now the fly, the Falcon flying through the forest and coming out, knocking these trees down. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm looking forward to most, like environment wise. Star Killer base, Mas Kanata, and jakku because they all have some stuff that just looks totally awesome that i just can't wait to see yeah yeah it's like snowy forest on top of a death star or pirate castle on a lake or star destroyer graveyard exactly Um, (laughs) yeah it's all gonna be uh you know some really cool visual stuff going on also um Something interesting that uh, they posted in this uh, Entertainment Weekly article on the last slide here, it's that image of the Falcon bursting through the trees. Um, And let's see, they say it looks uh, fairly apocalyptic when... Actually, no, okay, I'll just read this from the beginning. They said that the Falcon burst out of a tree line. We've seen this forest before in the October 19th trailer being torn apart by a massive blast against the backdrop of a red sky. Um, they uh, say it looks fairly apocalyptic, and when planets or solar systems die, they probably vanish in a similar red hue unleashed by the First Order Starkiller base. In another trailer, we saw Kylo Ren watching such a glow from afar aboard a starship. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't even put two and two together like that when uh, when we saw this TV spot for the first time. But it definitely does kind of look like those same type of trees that we see uh, getting blown up in that... Uh, I don't know, red energy or fire or whatever it is in that shot. Yeah, that's a good call. I didn't put that together too when I was watching. I was just in awe at how awesome it looked. But maybe it's, I don't know, because I was going to say maybe it's something they're escaping before it goes off. But I don't think so. I think this is Starkiller base. And maybe they're going to be similar. And like I said, we were talking about the first or the 
previous trailer in our last episode where maybe it's a vision that Kylo Ren is making Poe Dameron see like the potential of what could happen with Starkiller Base. So mm-hmm. it does look similar, but I'm not too sure if they're going to play hand-to-hand with this moment with the Falcon. Yeah. Although, also, come to think of it, I don't know if we talked about this on our last episode where we were talking about the last trailer, but um, that shot of you know, from, from that last trailer where you see the, the trees and stuff getting blown up that we thought was maybe kind of a vision. Um, maybe we will actually see that happening as a planet gets destroyed, because as they point out here, like we do see Kylo Ren looking at some big red flare thing that could be an explosion or something like that, that he's watching from afar. So, um, yeah, I mean, maybe that'll be early on in the movie and we do actually see a planet get wiped out. Um, and you know, see that, that shot of the trees, you know, as that's happening. Um, or it could be a vision or maybe they blow up star killer base at the end and it blows up in a similar way to the planets that it, uh, blows up. Yeah. That's see, now you say that that's what I see more likely to be the case that that happens. Yeah. Just the whole, however they get maybe the energy to turn on itself and the planet ends up just exploding and they turn their own weapon against them. So yeah, that seems more plausible to me than, Having that, yeah, because if that is Starkiller Base, why would they want to blow it up the First Order, I mean, <laughs> just to kill all the Resistance mm-hmm. in one fell swoop? Or, yeah, I don't know. Maybe Kylo Ren, uh, depending on what happens at the battle with Finn and how that all plays out, maybe he just figures, let's, who cares if the First Order is on there, destroy that whole planet, <laughs> to just get rid of the Resistance here and everyone I'm trying to eliminate. So, I don't know, a few different potentials where this hot whole sequence can play out but yeah now it's making me think more on it <laughs> i think it's because those two shots were similar as far as the trees or anything so i don't know i might be pondering on this one for a while to see where it all fits together <laughs> yeah well okay now that we've talked about all the shots and everything from both of these new trailers um i'll kind of give you my my new uh theories and stuff that i've pieced together and i mean yeah, a lot of it is kind of you know, similar to, to things I've said before, but, um, you know, there might be some things that I've sort of reinforced or, or put some more pieces together, at least in my own mind, you know, who knows if this is anywhere close to what it's going to be. But as far as the beginning of the movie and sort of where the characters are at and stuff, I think that Ray and Kylo are siblings. I think they're both Han and Leia's kids. I don't think they're twins. I think Kylo is older than Ray. Um, I think Luke started training Jedi in between episode six and seven. And I think maybe Kylo was one of them that he started training. Um, and I think this is, you know, when Ray was still probably pretty young, um, I don't know, maybe Kylo's like six, seven, eight years older than she is. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of imagining maybe Kylo being like 18 or so. Um, and Ray being maybe like 10 to 12, somewhere in that range. Um, when, I think maybe Kylo turns to the dark side, joins the Knights of Ren, kills the rest of Luke's Jedi that he was training, um, and then Luke goes in, you know, or, or something terrible, you know, along those lines happens that I think splits everybody up. I think that's what makes Luke go into exile. I think that's what makes Han and Leia, um, you know, have to you know, orphan Ray on Jakku. And, you know, I, I think they put her in hiding from Kylo in the first order, um, knowing that he might come after her. And I think when they left her there, I think Han left her the Falcon. Um, I don't know if he left it with 
her specifically like and, and told her like you know hey wait for us to come back but if there's ever an emergency if the bad guys ever find you here take my ship um or I think also maybe he left it with somebody else, like maybe Max von Sydow's character, who we think might be like a wise old man on Jakku who kind of helps them get started on their journey or something like that. Um, you know, maybe he kind of has a moment where he's like, your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough. But instead <laughs> of handing her a lightsaber, he shows her the Millennium Falcon. He hands her the um, Falcon, <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it could be like Ant-Man. He could have it shrunk down in his pocket like a <laughs> tank. Um but yeah, so I, I think um, – but I, I think by the time like the TIE fighters and everything show up and they're on the run, um, I think Ray already you know knows where the Falcon is. And again, I think as a kid, Han probably trained her to fly it. Um, and you know maybe over the years, maybe she's taken it out flying across the desert or maybe she uh, you know has just flown other starships before or something. But I mean if that is her flying the Falcon through um, – you know, through the the debris and everything in that chase scene on Jakku, obviously she knows what she's doing. Um, like she's not just a good pilot; like she is a a very skilled pilot who either can tap into the Force or has been trained by one of the best pilots in the galaxy or something like that. See, I'm thinking um, more of the Force is playing a big part in that. If that's the case, where she's flying it, yeah. But I mean, even there, like I mean, we see Anakin, you know, pod racing in the Phantom Menace. And obviously he's using the force, but even at nine years old, like he's still got some experience. Um, you know, he's been around machines and piloting and all that stuff. You know, he, he tells Padme, I've been a pilot all my life. Um, and a lot of that is due to his, his force ability, but obviously he couldn't hop in the cockpit of a pod racer for the very first time and win that pod race. Um, and you know, just like in this scenario, I, can't believe that this would be Ray's first time flying the Millennium Falcon. Like, even if she has the force and, and really good piloting skills, this is not her first time behind the controls of that ship. Um, and so, and, you know, we, we've talked about some of our theories about, um, you know, Poe Dameron and Finn and how they sort of end up factoring into all this. But, um, yeah, so th that's sort of my my new big theory on Ray and uh, where she's at at the start of the movie and then her relationship to Kylo Ren. Um, and then again, you know, I think when they meet up with the resistance and, you know, meet up with Han and Chewie for the first time, um, I, I think maybe they'll show up at the resistance base, land the ship there and Han and Chewie, you know, immediately board it. And they're looking around to see, uh, I mean, maybe Han told Ray never to take the Falcon. And so maybe that's why he walks into the cockpit with his blaster drawn. Maybe he thinks something happened to Ray and maybe somebody else stole the ship. Um, but then, you know, he's just looking around and he's like, Chewie, we're home. And, you know, maybe they haven't been on the Falcon in, I don't know, 10 years or so. Um, and, uh, you know, but like I said, I, I think when she, when uh, Ray and Han see each other for the first time, I don't think there's going to be like an I am your father moment. I think it's going to be like, hi, dad. And, you know, people in the audience are going to be like, what? Um, so, I yeah, that that's sort of my whole ray family theory um <laughs> and then for the end of the movie um talking about you know the the duel and the the final shots and all that i mean i i've probably mentioned a lot of these points before but i think um you know again stuff's gonna go down at star killer base maybe they you know invade the base chase kylo ren out into the forest or something like that um 
I think the shot from the first trailer where he's like staggering through the snow with the hood still up and ignites his lightsaber, I think maybe Han is chasing him or, you know, he, he's preparing to confront Han because again, like I said, when we see him in the, uh, the shot where he's coming after Finn, he's got his hood off and the mask off. So I think confronting his dad, I think he either, uh, I think he either just like takes the hood and the helmet off to be like, okay, dad, I'm going to confront you face to face. Mm. Um, and then maybe, you know, stabs him or something, or, I mean, maybe Han, you know, pulling a, a similar kind of move to when, uh, you know, he tried to shoot at Vader in The Empire Strikes Back. Maybe he shoots at Kylo Ren, but Kylo not being, you know, as powerful as Darth Vader was, uh, doesn't block the shots in time. And maybe Han actually, like, shoots the mask off his face. Um, or maybe just, like, shoots it and damages it. And Kylo's like, okay, fine, I'll take this off and, you know, fight you face to face like a man and then stabs him. Um, and then I think Ray and Finn catch up with him um i think uh you know that's when ray is gonna be crying and distraught over han who's just been stabbed and i i don't think he'll be completely dead yet i think there'll be like a, a teary goodbye kind of moment as he dies in her arms or something meanwhile finn is just kind of ticked off and he's like hey i liked that guy even though i didn't know him for very long but I liked him and I like Ray and that was her dad. So, uh, I don't have the force. I'm not a Jedi, but I've got a laser sword and I'm an elite fighter who's trained to use melee weapons and somebody's got to stop this guy. So it might as well be me. He ignites the lightsaber looking all heroic. Kylo comes at him with his lightsaber and Finn, you know, gets that look of like, crap, what have <laughs> I gotten myself into? Um, and I think that, you know, I think Kylo's going to win that fight. I don't think he's going to kill Finn. I hope he doesn't like cut his arm off or something just because we've seen that so many times already in Star Wars movies. It's um, got to happen to someone at some point. I just think it's going to be in episode eight. Always in the second. Uh, that could be. Um, or maybe it'll happen to Kylo. Because um, I, I think he's going to defeat Finn, but then I think... You know, maybe there'll be a moment where he goes in for the killing blow and Ray is going to um, take up the lightsaber. I think it'll be the moment where she finally, like, embraces her destiny. Mm -hmm. um, and I think for, for most of the movie up to that point, she'll be sort of avoiding it to some extent. Like, maybe she knows what happened to her brother and she doesn't want to, like, she maybe she refuses to use the Force. Um, except for, you know, just letting it guide her instincts and stuff while she's flying. But like, she doesn't want to try to become a Jedi cause she, maybe she's afraid she'll become evil like Kylo did. Um, maybe she just doesn't believe in herself enough to, to try to use it. Maybe she doesn't think she has this power or whatever the case may be. I think this is the moment where she's like, okay, I've already lost my father. I'm not going to lose my friend to, um, takes up the lightsaber, fights Kylo, um, and I don't think she's going to necessarily kill him, but I don't think she's going to lose that fight either because then if she and Finn both lose, then really the only way for them to get out of that is, uh, well, I mean, A, maybe she could like fight him off for long enough, you know, just long enough for Chewie to come by and pick them up in the Falcon and rescue them or something. Um, or if, you know, Luke suddenly jumps out of the trees and fights off Kylo Ren, but I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. Um, as much as as awesome as it would be to see Luke in the lightsaber fight again, but um, at this point, 
you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I think maybe Ray will like overpower Kylo and he gets away and Finn gets up and is like, what the heck are you doing? Why'd you let him get away? And she's like, because he's my brother. And then Finn and all the rest of us are all like, what? <laughs> yeah, I could, a lot of the stuff you mentioned, especially the final act I could describe, I could totally see that playing out. And a lot of it's kind of what I speculated on too. I mean, I was just thinking too, where maybe Kylo Ren is the better swordsman than Ray would be, but she's more powerful in the force. And that's kind of what overpowers him for a bit and allows mm-hmm. her to win that battle and for them to escape or maybe for Kylo Ren to retreat. So yeah, I mean, that's got goosebumps thinking about all those possibilities. <laughs> how that final act could play out. Cause it all sounds like it's going to be so powerful and all those sequences that we're speculating on that are going to happen. But the only thing we're going to see who's right is on Ray's parentage and who actually her parents are. So that's the well, one thing we're have different theories on, but both of them I think could not necessarily play out, but be good possibilities for the character too. Yeah. Cause I'm not going to complain at all. She ends up being Han and Leia's daughter and that's the way they go. Cause that would still make for a great story also, I think. Well, okay. Here, here are my three big reasons why I think she's Han and Leia's daughter and not Luke's daughter. Um, aside from, my reasoning that I've had all along, which was just gut instinct when I saw that first cast photo with her mm. sitting between <laughs> Harrison Ford and uh, Carrie Fisher, which I mean, that could I, I could count that as my number four reason. But I I still think that is, you know, that for me from day one was a tip off. I would um, agree with that, too. I had I think we both had the same thoughts. A lot of people when they saw that. But OK, so here, Tim, I, I got to get you to come back to the dark side. Uh-huh. Here, here's my my three big points of why I think she's. Han and Leia's daughter and not Luke's. One, you know, we we see her crying there at the end over, you know, who we're assuming is Han, which obviously if you watched your uncle get killed right in front of you, like that would be pretty sad too. Um, But we don't see Luke crying over Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in in the original Star Wars. You know, it's, it's just like thinking from a sort of, a movie standpoint and like what really emotionally resonates with the audience. I, I think that reaction just is all the more powerful if that's her dad and not her uncle. Well, Um, my counter to that was, even though we don't see him cry, he did have a pretty emotional reaction to when Obi-Wan died, which I'm kind of thinking Ray and Han's relationship is going to be in this movie too. And like I said, he didn't cry, but he was pretty darn distraught. He let out that scream and said, no. And then on the Falcon is how, downtrod he was afterwards so maybe it's not on the same level as ray's reaction but i think it's going to be similar to that obi-wan luke relationship dang it tim all you did right there was was make me question the movies as to why is luke <laughs> more sad about obi-wan dying than he is about Aunt uncle owen and aunt beru <laughs> when he's known obi-wan for like a week and well i guess he's kind of known him his whole life but just like not very well he's like oh yeah old ben that's that old guy that lives out in the desert he's kind of <laughs> weird Luke knew there was more to him than that. He knows he was practically family. <laughs> yeah, but he was practically family, not actually family. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, okay, point number two. Um, I'm trying to remember what point number three was before I get to that. But point number two was, um, you know, if, if my theory was right about Ray being on Jakku and Han leaving the Falcon there for her, again, if it was a dire situation... And, you know, and he cared enough about his family, like, I could maybe seeing him do that for his niece, but 
again, knowing Han and how much he loves the Falcon, like for him to just leave it on, uh, you know, a backwater planet in the middle of nowhere and not set foot on it again for 10 years. Like, I mean, for him, that's just something that I see him passing down to a child or, or something that he would give up to protect his own kid. Um, and so I think, you know, again, I think if he, if he leaves the Falcon there for Ray as, uh, you know, a, a last resort for her to get off Jakku if he needs to, that to me just, again, just sort of resonates as something like that's something a father would do for his daughter. Um, you know, a, a guy giving up his favorite sports car or something to make sure that his daughter is safe. Like some guys would do that for their niece too, but not everybody. Um, but I think every good father would do that for his daughter. And I would agree with that. And I think it does make sense where, because it looks like Ray is going to inherit the Falcon in this movie. And if it's Han Solo's daughter, I mean, how appropriate is that? But at the same time, too, going back to if she is his niece, what if it's because, you know, his son turned bad, guessing that if it is in fact Kylo Ren ends up being Han and Leia's son, it's kind of like he doesn't have a child anymore. And the closest thing he would have to that, who's still good, would be his niece, Ray. And knowing, like, I keep going back to the fact that I think they're somehow looking after her and doing things for her for Luke, since Luke can't be there. Han and Leia are going to do what they can. And thus, if your theory proves to be correct, where he leaves the Falcon for her, I think that could be a, a good enough reason to do that also. But at the same time, I do think having an actual solo carry on, like having the Falcon legacy would make more sense that way. But I don't know if that's enough to convince me and to turn me <laughs> into thinking <laughs> that she is Han's daughter. Well, and then my third point, and I mean, this might be just me talking more as a, a filmmaker, but again, talking about what emotionally resonates with audiences here and the fact that it's been you know 30 years since Return of the Jedi, we've seen Han and Leia's, relationship on screen and even you know in the eu um they got married they had kids it's something you know it's an idea that audiences are used to and even though that's not canon anymore in its original form you know they did say that they could take inspiration from the expanded universe or you know maybe rework some things to to kind of fit how they wanted to do uh things in the new movies um but i i just think it's a whole lot easier to buy into the idea that Han and Leia, who we already know were in love, you know, continued that relationship and had kids who we're now going to see in this movie, as opposed to Luke, who was on his own. I mean, there was no possible love interest to speak of who wasn't his sister. Um, you know, it's like there's there's no other like female character that I can think of in the original trilogy who even could have been you know, who who you would even think of in the back of your mind, like as a possibility for someone that Luke could have had a relationship with later on down the line. And so I think it's just a kind of a big stretch to say that, um, you know, okay, yeah, it's been 30 years. And in that time, Luke got married, he had kids, one of the kids turned evil, killed the wife, he left the daughter on this planet and disappeared. And, you know, I mean, obviously, like, realistically speaking, sure, all of that could happen within a span of 30 years, but I, I think, um, you know, th there's a, a saying that um, I heard all the time in film school, which is like, show, don't tell. 
um, like you want to show stuff on screen through through images and stuff and not just have a bunch of expository dialogue explaining mm-hmm. everything that's going on. And we've seen Han and Leia's relationship already on screen. People know that that's real. And I think to to give that much backstory for Luke and, you know, everything that happened in between six and seven, um, you know, again, could it? theoretically happen yeah sure that is not beyond the realm of possibility but as far as movie making and strong storytelling goes um i think uh you know a a character who is important enough as um you know someone who's the mother of the next generation of uh the the skywalker hero and villain um for them to be a person who gets introduced to the story gets you know, in a relationship with Luke has his kids and then gets killed. And all of that happens off screen and we never see that character. I think that's too big of a jump and sure they could make a standalone film about that later, but just, uh, there's, there's just something in my gut that is just saying JJ Abrams wouldn't do that. Um, and you know, they, they've talked about even in, uh, this new interview that came out today that we'll get to in a bit, he talked about wanting this to be its own self-contained story as well as having, you know, connections to things outside that make you want to know more, um, about what happened before and what's going to happen after. But I mean, that's like a whole, basically a, a whole plot line in and of itself that you're going to just have to explain to the audience and say, Hey, you're never going to see this because it happened after the last movie and before this one, and now it's done and over with, and you just got to accept it. I think that's kind of too big of a jump. You see, here's what I was thinking about that, that with the whole thing with Luke, if Ray is his daughter, and I don't think it's going to be where Kylo Ren is his son. I definitely think Kylo Ren is going to be Han and Leia's kid and that him and Ray are going to be cousins. But the whole idea of then who is Ray's mother, I think that can be a great, new mystery or story thread to bring into episode eight because if Luke's going to have a bigger role in that, then that can lead into, you know, Ray might have some questions if he is her father, what happened to my mother? And we know that episode eight's been looking for some like new uh, female actresses to be in the role. We don't know what they are. And granted, I think the names we heard are all pretty much young actresses and we know how old Mark Hamill is, but that could be explained. <laughs> it's a Star Wars universe. It could be explained through other things, maybe if she stayed young while he grew old or something like that. But everybody just get an older actress to come into as Ray's mom and just kind of be like the new main character that they introduced into episode eight, kind of like how Lando was, but in totally different circumstances. So I think while you're continuing Ray's journey and Finn's journey and in a sense, Kylo Ren's too, if he makes it out of The Force Awakens like we're all hoping he would. If you bring in that new family element into it with Ray's mother slash Luke's wife, I think that can make for you know great additions to the story that they're setting up with The Force Awakens and continuing on that Skywalker family legacy that we know is going to be uh, being told in, these new, in this new trilogy. So I think it can work if you save it for episode eight, episode 8 and maybe even continue on to episode 9. I don't think it's going to be something where you just have to explain in exposition dialogue or flashbacks or in a novel or something like that. I think it can be told throughout the whole trilogy, kind of like how we learned certain things throughout the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. So I think the potential is there and it wouldn't be so much where it'd be too convoluted or they're bringing into this un- bringing in this unnecessary story idea into it because it still has to deal with the family of the Skywalkers and who knows, maybe her mom can play another significant role besides just being 
her mother and Luke's wife, she can have some other significance to the overall story too. So I think it can all be worked out nicely. And when we know JJ, Ryan Johnson and Colin Trevorrow, they all have this mapped out and they know where these characters are going. So that could be a possibility too. So man, this is that whole <laughs> idea is, I think that's the biggest thing out of everything we speculated on the idea of who Ray actually is and who her parents are. I, mean, I think that's going to be the thing most fans are going to be dying to know when we actually see the force awakens. And like you said, we'll go into this more in that JJ Abrams interview. Cause it made me think along these lines, as far as how much are we going to get revealed in the force awakens regarding all these questions that we have, but boy, it's been fun speculating <laughs> on what, especially Ray. Cause it's been so like you said, from the get-go, when we got the casting announcements, we've kind of assumed she's Han and Lance's daughter, and then I went back and forth, oh, maybe she's Luke, and then, like you said, we've heard reports where, oh, she's related to nobody, which I don't think is the case, so yeah, it's going to be, I mean, everyone's going to have different opinions on it, but it's going to be, like, a, the big payoff that we're all waiting to get answers to, yeah. and just hearing the reactions should be interesting, too, from the different fans, because I'm sure there's going to be some that are happy and not so happy with whatever gets revealed. Mm. Now, the one other thing you have to take into consideration, too, though, is I think maybe it was Adam Driver who particularly mentioned something in an interview about uh, siblings. And, yeah, yes, he did. You know, something about, you know, family connections and, and what the story would be about and what the characters would be about. Um, and, I mean, I, I definitely don't think that uh, Ray is going to be Poe Dameron's sister or Finn is going to be Kylo Ren's brother or anything. Like, if there's a sibling relationship, I think it's going to be between those two. Um, now, obviously, you know, he, he didn't, like, officially confirm anything. He could have just been kind of spewing general stuff. But, I mean... Um, or he said more than he should have because... Yeah, <laughs> very possibly. said anything like that since... But, I mean, he might have been the only one to, to specifically mention siblings, but other people have said stuff about um, families and whatnot. Even Kathleen Kennedy, I think, in an interview um, after – I forget if it was after – I think it was after the Japanese trailer dropped. It was probably like later on Friday. She's, somebody asked her about um, our – you know, I don't remember if they specifically asked like are Ray and Kylo twins or maybe they just asked like did Han and Leia have twins or something about twin characters. And she just sort of vaguely said that, you know, twin siblings is something that could continue, you know, from the future movies or, or could be a theme in these movies or whatever. I mean, she didn't give away anything. She didn't confirm or deny. She just said it could. But, um, you know, even that made me think like, okay, well, I don't think they're twins, but they could be, um, which I'm also kind of basing just on the fact that Adam Driver is like, I don't know, eight years or something older than Daisy Ridley is. But, um, you know, even if they're not twins, I, again, certainly think that there's a possibility of a sibling connection there. Yeah, I mean, the, <laughs> the I don't want to say clues, but the hints is a better word. The hints are there for what their relationship could be. And regardless of their brother and sister cousins they are related they're family i mean i i don't think it's really hard to deny that and we just can't see the parallels from the poster layouts the dialogue that we've heard not just in the trailers but like i said from those toys that we've got and comments from kathleen kennedy like you mentioned there's just so much pointing to that and i will say i will be shocked if they're not <laughs> like once once episode nine's over and it this trilogy's done and 
it's established they're not somehow related in family, I would be really, really surprised. Yeah. It's just a matter of how they're related to me, not if. No, it, yeah, like you said, it's it's. I'm pretty sure that's happening at this point. Um, but anyway, um, I, I think that's enough two hours of trailer speculation for now. <laughs> trailer slash um, TV spot. <laughs> yeah, when we've got, well, you know, footage in general. There you go. <laughs> um, of course, obviously, that was like the, the big bulk of what we had to talk about this episode. But we still got uh, a few more things to mention. Uh, but before we move on, um, I know you had asked for, you know, some other people's thoughts and uh, comments and stuff on, uh, you know, some of their favorite shots and things from these trailers um, on Facebook and Twitter and stuff. So do we get any uh, good responses you wanted to read? Um, yeah, like I like to do every time we get new footage or big reveals, I like to put the word out to see what other fans think of them. So regarding the trailer and TV spot, we got some Twitter responses asking for everyone's favorite shots or moments. And we got response from Tom McClellan, who says um, he posted the image of Kylo Ren holding the saber against Ray's face and her just looking terrified. And then our buddy Matt Cranky from the Rebels podcast, he had two favorite shots, one from the TV spot with Kylo Ren dodging or deflecting the blast of that Ray's firing, and then the last shot from the TV spot with the Falcon just flying over those trees. And then we got one from uh, Martin Allen, who pretty much had the best response. All of the shots, all of the sounds. <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. And then um, Michael Wallace, he has two from the TV spot, which was like Matt's, the Falcon busting through the trees and Ray hitting someone with her staff. And then from the Japanese trailer, he said, Finn and Ray introducing themselves to each other, and then the TIE Fighters against the sun. And on Facebook, we got a response from Jeffrey Fishbotch, probably butchering your name, sorry, <laughs> in advance, but he says um, his favorite was Ray and Kylo Ren. Um, I'm assuming from the uh, Japanese trailer with, their, with his lightsaber, and then Ray and BB-8. And then Omar says, Falcon breaking out of the trees. It's an awesome shot. And then Jason Burt says, the TIE Fighters with the sun behind them. So it's kind of an even break from the responses that we got as far as favorite shots. We got a lot for the Falcon flying through the trees and then Ray and Kylo Ren. It's hard not to pick Kylo Ren, <laughs> especially with a TV spot and a new trailer with two awesome shots. So no big surprise there. But I was actually expecting more for that TIE Fighter shot. Looks like we just only got two for that one. So... But that's what's great about these trailers and the TV spot. There's so much good stuff. You really can't go wrong no matter what you put. Mm -hmm. That's why Martin said it best. All the shots, all the sounds. <laughs> but if you had to just pick one, which would yours be? Uh, you know what? Like I said, it's nothing like too amazing, but it just got me super excited to see him in action. And it was that Chewie shot. There was just mm. something special about seeing Chewie again, doing more than just standing there and having his uh, on his bowcaster and then just having his arms on his head. Just actually see him in action, even though he wasn't firing anything, but causing destruction with him igniting that trigger. It was just really cool. And that stood out to me in both the Japanese trailer and the TV spot. So I'm going to give the nod to Chewie on this one. It was great to see him. Yeah. Um, man, I mean, I love Chewie. You guys know how much I love Kylo Ren. And, uh, I mean, there's so many great shots of him that I could pick, like, uh, you know, the one with the lightsaber against Ray's neck. Also, just that shot of, you know, the, the close-up of just the lightsaber where he's igniting it, like, on the Star Destroyer or something. Mm -hmm. um, and, again, just that lightsaber looking so awesome. But if I had to pick just one shot, um, 
I mean, out of all the shots in here, there was only one that I screenshotted and put as my Facebook cover profile and, or, you know, cover picture. And that was that shot of the TIE fighters against the sunset. Um, man, just, I mean, from a, a visual and cinematic standpoint, it's just like, man, that is so cool. I'm like, I wish I had thought of the idea to, you know, to come up with that shot. Um, <laughs> it's just some, some awesome cinematography right there. And like I said, the, the juxtaposition of like sort of the, the beauty of the image itself, but then sort of the terror at the same time, like we're just looking at it going, oh, cool. But you know, like the people on Jakku who are looking at this are going, oh, crap. I know, really. And I think actually you might be the tiebreaker then for <laughs> which one got the most, uh, I guess, favorites for your, the TV spot in the Japanese trailer. I think that's three now for the TIE fighter going against the sunset. So I guess that is the official winner for the best shot out of these two. I, I'm the only one who picked Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Bad. I mean, I wish I could pick Chewie. Yeah, Chewie's my spirit animal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That just that's the one that got the biggest, I guess, geek out reaction for me with the scene Chewie again like that. So he's getting the nod for me, if, even yeah. if I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, you know, thank you guys for chiming in with uh, with your thoughts on that. Obviously, lots of cool new footage to go over. Way more than we ever thought we would get within like the two weeks following the. Uh, you know, that last trailer that we got during Monday Night Football. Um, and man, here, I thought this was going to be like a short episode where we were going to just kind of talk about, oh, you know, a few new shots in the, the Japanese trailer and stuff. And then, of course, as we're talking about it, I realized, man, there's like so much more to chew on here. I know. Can you imagine, man, <laughs> I just thinking about when we actually see the movie <laughs> where we think we're going to have answers, but we probably won't have answers and just have more speculation, too. <laughs> yeah, that is going to drive me nuts. Yeah. Um, if you know if that doesn't happen um but well, you know like, like you said we'll we'll get to that in a minute um just talking about some interviews and stuff but also along with these trailers we also got some uh cool new images released this week uh we got five character posters of uh ray leia kylo ren uh han and finn um and with all of them it's like a close-up of their face and they're holding well i guess all of them except for leia are holding a weapon up in front of their face and then for leia um, it's like a, you know, sort of like a green line, like on the, uh, sort of the rebel hollow maps that they use for, um, their battle plans and stuff. So that was a, a pretty cool, different take on it. Um, but you know, of course, Ray's got her staff, uh, Han's got his blaster and, uh, Kylo and Finn have the lightsabers. Um, man, and these are some awesome looking posters. Um, I know the, that picture of Kylo Ren from his poster, that's my Twitter profile picture now. <laughs> Man, I'm just as cool as these images are. I'm waiting for the Captain Phasma character. <laughs> then that'll probably go on my Twitter profile. <laughs> that would be either my profile pic or my background image. But yeah, these were really cool. I mean, we got the official poster, but I shouldn't say I was surprised that we got these additional character posters because we've seen them for the prequels. But I was kind of surprised how it was this style where it's just close up of the characters' faces. And like you said, they have their weapons right in front of them. It's just such a cool visually that each character is being featured like that but you said except for leia but um i do like the twitter response we got from uh, angel ashby who says that leia is this leia is displaying her weapon it just happens to be her own mind and yeah I thought, you know that's pretty accurate because when you look out the back the background of her image it looks like you know 
there's like battle readout plan. She's in a station, which we've seen now in the Japanese trailer where it, they're in the resistance base. And man, you can't help but get that Yavin feel where Leia and the rest of the rebels were sitting in that station when they're making the Death Star attack. So it evoked images and memories of that for me. And yeah, you know, she's going to be really smart. She already was as a rebel leader. And now, 30 years later, you know, she's even going to be a smarter tactician and leader for the resistance. And not to mention, we know she's force sensitive and I still think she's not going to have that much training with it or even use it at all. But that potential is still there. So, yeah, in a way, it, her weapon is displayed in this image, like Angel said. So I really like that. But Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, not just her mind, but also the I mean, her her leadership and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, her her tactics and the resistance as a whole um you know but uh, yeah we're, we're not gonna see her uh in action wielding a blaster necessarily but we'll see her sort of in action so to speak in the command room you know leading their forces in battle so um yeah well, what- I, I thought that was definitely an interesting take on that but definitely fitting for the character yeah i was gonna say i was surprised that leia did get her own character posted this early because i was expecting it to be you know the four that we got with rin uh, rin Rey, <laughs> Finn, Han, and kylo ren but then i was expecting for poe dameron and this goes into what we were talking about before where he's not being featured a lot in the trailers and now with the initial releases of these character posters since he's supposed to be considered the one of the big three of the heroes so i was a little bit surprised that leia was first over Poe Dameron. Not that I'm complaining. It's great that we're getting a new image of Leia and together with Han, which is cool too. So, but I do think we got more coming. Hopefully we'll get Poe Dameron and Captain Phasma. I can't wait to get that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, two things about Poe Dameron. One, like I said, even if he is part of the big three, I think he'll definitely be a step below Ray and Finn. Um, yeah, but I, I, think I mean, probably it, more so than Leia though, which was, had me surprised that he wasn't in this first release. Right. But then, Again, point number two, it wouldn't look that great if they stuck an X-Wing in front of his face. <laughs> um, and, you know, there's not really a part of an X-Wing that you could put in front of him that would take up the whole side of a poster like that. He could a use a stick, maybe. <laughs> he, could, I mean, he could use a blaster, but Han's already got a blaster. And yeah. we, we have seen um, footage of him from i think from the behind the scenes footage and then also in one of those teasers for the monday night football thing yeah um that wasn't actually in the trailer we see a shot of him with a blaster in like that resistance uh jacket but that's the same thing that uh finn is wearing in his posters so they probably just didn't want to um yeah they didn't want to have him wearing the same jacket and they couldn't think of anything to put in front of him if they put him in his x-wing suit yeah, I guess it makes sense, but then again, like we said, they could have done something different because Leia doesn't have a weapon displayed in front of her face besides those like readouts that's going across there. But mm-hmm. they could have done something different in that way with Poe, maybe if it was just his X-Wing helmet, maybe, or something like that. But I don't know. Just gives us something to look forward to in the next batch, which besides Captain Phasma, like I'm hoping for, maybe now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that's where we get another image of Maz Kanata finally fully rendered how she's going to be in the movie instead of the poster. So maybe that'll be like in December, closer to release or something. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they would, I don't know. I mean, they could release more of these posters, but um, I kind of get the feeling that it's just going to be these five. 
Um, Don't say that, Kyle. I really want that Captain Phasma. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, one more. Just make it be of her. <laughs> I mean, they could do that, but obviously, I mean, from what we've seen from the marketing and stuff so far, um, you know, Kylo Ren, as far as the bad guys, at least, is going to be, you know, the face of the the new movie and the new trilogy. Um, and, I mean, heck, if the action figures are any indication, like, they're, they're probably, like, a hundred times more Kylo Ren Black Series figures out in the world right now than there are Phasmas. Those things are still going for, like, 60, 70 bucks. Yeah. And I'm not even planning or hoping to see them out in the wild anytime soon. <laughs> like, uh, well, I'm hoping. There are a couple stores that I keep checking. One is a grocery store that's got like a couple toy aisles way in the back where they actually have a pretty good stock selection of Star Wars stuff. And I'm like, man, most collectors probably aren't thinking to look over here. Um, and they ha- they actually have quite a few Black Series figures too, but they're all, at least you know, so far, they've all been uh, Wave 1. Well, I'm happy that I finally got my three and three quarter Captain Phasma figure after. Oh, there you go. Sports Friday, so I'll be content with that for a little bit. Yeah, I mean that's all I've got for now too, because those six inch ones, you know, who knows? That's like the holy grail right now. I know. Um, and then of course I'm worried because I'm like, man, if it's this hard to find Phasma, who's going to be in the new movie? Like, how hard is it going to be to find Darth Revan when he comes out? <laughs> that's a good point too people might think it's kylo ren you know that's what i'm hoping i i hope they're they're like oh i've already got that guy and they don't look close enough to realize it's not kylo ren yeah <laughs> they don't care to look at the name on the box just what he looks like nope nope um but anyway so we got all those character posters we also got a new um international poster for the movie that uh you know be in theaters in other countries and stuff um kind of similar to um the uh you know the american poster i guess that we got um pretty much all the same characters except i don't see actually it's less characters because there's no captain yeah. phasma no poe dameron no maz Kanata. um ray finn han and leia are all in the exact same poses oh no r2 or 3po either um the main thing that's different about this one is kylo ren is front and center um which kind of makes me think, man, I, I wish I could like translate this to English and get a copy of it for myself. Um, Cause that is uh man, I love that mask. This was kind of what I was thinking the original poster was going to be like, or the one that we got over here where Kylo Ren was in the center, maybe not in the forefront, more in the background, mm-hmm. like how Darth Vader and Darth Maul were in some of the posters, but still in the center on that. So yeah, it is cool, but I do like how in the one that we got, he is more like parallel to Ray and you know, his lightsaber and her staff. I think that's a really cool visual effect where, you know, we're just been speculating how there's going to be a connection to them too. That's just a thing, another reason or just another uh, image or just speculation, speculative stuff that leads more credence to that theory that we're having where there is more to their relationship than just some random encounter <laughs> between the hero and the villain. So, because we know these poster layouts aren't done by accident. So there has to be a reason for why mm-hmm. that was laid out that way. So mm-hmm. even though the Kylo Ren in the center was what I was expecting, I was kind of glad to what we got in the U S theatrical poster. So I think I'm leaning more towards liking that one better. Yeah. I mean, heck, I like all of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> as long as it's got Kylo Ren and lightsabers and X wings and stuff on it. I'm like, yeah, star Wars. Um, 
but yeah, man. So you know, some great posters and images and stuff to go along with, uh, you know, the the great new footage that we got. Also, um, over the the past couple of days, they've released some new, um, you know, some of like the thinner banner images that you can use for like your Facebook or Twitter cover profiles or whatever. Um, and they've got one. Uh, the first one they released was a Finn, and then I think just today they came out with one of Kylo and one of Ray. Um, and they're, you know, they're all kind of like these elongated images where the character's head is just at one end and then, uh, they're holding either their lightsaber or their staff kind of across the length of that rectangular picture. Um, and man, just the, I mean, Ray looks cool too, but the Kylo and Finn ones with the lightsabers going across just look so freaking sweet. Yeah, they sure do, man. And, uh, Brian, who made a comment when I posted this image, he made a good call, and I was like, "Oh man, you're right." Where Kylo Ren, his pose, it is pretty similar to how Obi Wan used his stance, and especially in Revenge of the Sith, whenever he was about to confront Grievous, he'd pull his lightsaber back, pull his hand out, where it has like the two fingers sticking out. And while it looks like here Kylo Ren might be doing a force push, it did evoke that same uh, imagery of Obi Wan doing that classic stance, which I think is—I might be wrong, but I want to say is like the Form Three, like the Sorosu like mm-hmm. defensive battle stands that Jedi have. So we'll see if Kylo Ren does this type of thing in the movie, but at least in this particular banner, I thought that was pretty cool where it does. It is similar to like Brian said that it was Obi-Wan in episode three. So I don't know. I highly doubt it was intentional that they did that thinking of Obi-Wan, but regardless, it brought, it was familiar to that and brought back that imagery. So I like it yeah. mainly because of that. <laughs> well, you know, the interesting thing to me, I mean, I definitely recognize the the pose there and you know see how that's similar but there's a few lines of you know almost like light reflections coming off his mask and stuff but these lines like streaking backwards that makes it look to me like he's lunging at someone with his lightsaber Mm. gonna be doing the killing blow on someone yeah or at least you know sort of lunging into a duel with a stab that somebody's got to block of course it's just you know an an artist's rendition of it too so who knows if this is actually going to be something he does in the movie but yeah they could be using the um, shot from the movie as a reference though so you never know yeah very possibly um but either way it looks fantastic yeah and can i get a captain phasma one of these two please (laughs) (laughs) tim you just want captain phasma everything yeah you got that right I, i so far i just got the few t-shirts like two t-shirts i got finally got the three and three quarter toy the bobblehead and the funko pop and she's on one of the new uh, force awakened uh, bed sheets that i got or <laughs> it's not just of her but she's front and center on there so that's the side of this blanket i'm displaying on my bed <laughs> the nice. one with her up. and right below her is kylo ren so i got the t- two coolest costumes displayed on my bed nice yeah, they I, probably, like you said i need more <laughs> yeah they probably don't make star wars bed sheets in my size <laughs> when you're six eight, you got to sleep on at least a queen bed so your feet don't hang off the edge. Yeah, there should be plenty of blankets though that are out there. I think that should be big enough. Eh, my feet would probably still stick out from under them. I don't <laughs> think the Empire had Wookies in mind when they designed them. <laughs> uh, not even blankets. The Empire is so inconsiderate. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, aside from the posters and stuff, like I said, we've got um, actually a. a bunch of pretty good interviews that have been popping up uh recently um there was one with jj abrams today on wired.com um that was just such a great read um doesn't really give away 
anything real specific about the movie, obviously. Um, but I mean, just everything from the process of writing it to, uh, you know, JJ's, uh, sort of mindset as a fan of star Wars and how he approached, uh, you know, making what he wanted to see in the movie and what got him excited and all this sort of stuff. I mean, it's a really long article um, that, you know, it's one of those things that uh, even though it doesn't give you a lot of story details or anything, um, you know, it's uh, it's a, a very satisfying read. Um, you know, sometimes you read interviews and you get to the bottom of it and it's like, oh, that's it. I wanted to find out more. Um, but this is definitely one of those ones where it's like, man, I'm glad I read that and, uh, you know, like that we got some more depth and insight into, you know, the, the process of how they're making this movie and everything. And as with everything we see or read or whatever, um, just, you know, reinforcing the point more and more that the people involved in this movie are, you know, hugely passionate about it, want to make sure they do it right. And, uh, that, you know, it, it really is in great hands. Something else I just realized as I'm scrolling through this on my computer right now, because I, uh, I actually read this whole thing on my phone earlier. Um, but there are some really good high res, uh, screenshots as well. Yeah. Um, in this article, I am definitely going to be downloading this X-Wing image. Like as soon as we finish the episode, in fact, you know <laughs> what, right now, right click view image, save as, and there's one of the Knights of Ren too, which is just like, I mean, I, I was looking at that in high res. I'm like, whoa, you can actually see like all these guys' helmets and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, it might be our best look at them yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, so uh, we've got the full link to that on our website um, or, you know, on, on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. Actually, I'm not sure if I posted it on Facebook because I was reading it and then was just like, I should tweet about this because this is a great article. Yeah, um, it's on there. When I post it on the site, it automatically posts to the Facebook. So Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, I think there were a couple of things that we were going to talk about, uh, from this now, one, um, there was just something brief in here where he did mention, uh, you know, he was talking about the, the passage of time and things that have changed in the story and stuff. And I think he did mention that, uh, I, I maybe we're talking about when Han walks on the Falcon for the first time, it should feel like time has passed and that it's changed hands or something like that. He says something specific about the Falcon having changed hands. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, like we were kind of assuming that, but, uh, you know, and especially from the line, Chewie, we're home and whatever. Um, but I think this might be the first time we've actually heard anyone specifically st say that, like, yeah, Han does not own the Millennium Falcon at the beginning of this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some of the, well, I guess the main big thing that I got from this or thought about when I read this interview was talking about A New Hope and just how masterful Lucas was and making a movie that stood on its own, told its own self-contained stories, but it laid the groundwork, planted the seeds, and created even history itself with the mention of the Clone Wars. And J.J. Abrams actually mentioned the line of the Clone Wars and then what we got later with the series. And how Empire and Jedi, how we all think the story of Star Wars with Luke and Darth Vader, what a big moment the I Am Your Father reveal was. But then J.J. goes on to say how it really wouldn't have been as powerful if we didn't have a new hope and what the story that was told with Luke and Vader in that movie, we got to experience that. So when we got the sequel, a reveal like that became more powerful and it just got me thinking. And I kept referring to this article when we we're talking about the trailer and TV spot, how with Ray and finding out who her parents are, 
I still think, I mean, as much as I'm hoping it's going to be in The Force Awakens, I think for me myself, and I think fans should be too, where they shouldn't be set on getting that reveal. And if we don't get that reveal, not to kind of say, oh, it's confirmed. She's not Luke or Han and Leia's daughter. I mean, that can come in episode eight or in episode nine because I liked how JJ was saying how those reveals became special because of A New Hope. And I'm thinking too that we know how much he was they're building at least especially for the force awakens to be more akin to the original trilogy and taking cues from especially a new hope where maybe jj and lawrence kazan thought the same thing where they're setting up these characters but some of the big reveals aren't going to necessarily be in the force awakens and i know i said that before too on other podcasts but when i read that that portion of the interview here it really drove that home for me where i really got to expect to not to have that answers for everything that we're speculating on with the force awakens and just the fact that we might have to be patient on certain aspects and in the end it might come as a better payoff and that goes back to the whole thing with luke too where the whole drive of the force awakens is them finding luke and we're, maybe we're not going to get him to the last five minutes or the last scene and while that may be disappointed as for all of us who can't wait to see luke in action again it's still going to be an awesome payoff, not only for The Force Awakens, but probably down the line, too, in Episode 8 and 9 also. So I did like what J.J. had to say there and just kind of put my expectations in place a little bit about getting answers to everything in The Force Awakens. And while it could be even more special once we get them down the line. And the other big thing, speaking of Episode 8, he said a little more details on where the process of writing the script for that movie is and he said that the script is written and the interview was asking about you know ryan johnson and colin trevorrow about you know them being involved with the story ideas and the process with writing their movies with jj working on finishing episode seven and he was saying how yeah ryan johnson we've been working kind of closely with him when he was in the script stages with him and uh ram bergman who's the producer of episode eight and says they were watching dailies and they were there when we were shooting the movie and we wanted them to be part of the process so we can make that transition from episode seven to episode eight as seamless as possible. And he even said too that um, him and Larry Kazan, they set up certain key relationships, relationships, certain key questions and conflicts that, you know, will be brought into the forest awakens and then continuing on throughout episodes eight and nine. But while that's all cool and cool and we expected that to be the case as they're setting up this new trilogy, it's also kind of refreshing too to hear that episode eight is going to be purely ryan johnson's movies and jj made that clear in this interview he was saying that he doesn't kind of want to be there to you know overlooking everything that ryan johnson is doing so but he knows he had to set the story up and he says as an executive producer of episodes eight i need that movie to be really good too so while it's not going to be like jj's done with everything star wars after the force awakens he's still going to be involved with episode eight but at the same time it's going to be ryan johnson's movies just like the force awakens and jj's movies so those two things were my big takeaways from this interview and kind of got a little more info on episode eight than i was expecting i mean there's not too much but the fact that the script is written and ryan johnson has seen a rough cut dailies and all that stuff so definitely some cool stuff and like you said this interview is definitely worth reading from start to finish because jj you just really feel the passion that he has for working on this movie and just how now that we're so close how we cannot wait for us to see it that's the big thing mm -hmm. for me is just knowing how excited he is to share it especially how secretive he is <laughs> you know he probably can't now finally wait for everyone to 
let those secrets out and have everyone experience it. And I like the line that he said at the beginning where he says like, we've been baking this cake for a long time and now it's time to serve it. And we are hungry for that cake. Oh, absolutely. I want me some cake. Uh, Many portions of that cake. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. I'm going to get fat on that cake. Um, But yeah, I mean like what you were saying with the, um, sort of the reveal of information over time and everything. That was definitely something that stuck out to me as well. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I, I kind of just have this feeling that I, there definitely should be some things that they set up in this movie that aren't resolved right away. Um, but if they, if they hold back on the whole family relationships thing, um, I don't know. I, I could just see people getting kind of frustrated with that. Maybe just because we've been speculating about it for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, who's, who are Ray's parents and is, are she and Kylo related and, uh, you know, what's all going on there. Um, and you know, it, it's going to be kind of frustrating if we have to, you know, we, we finally get to the movie and these are some of the biggest questions in everyone's mind. And then we still have to wait like another two years to find that out. Um, I I think, I mean, three things for me that I think are going to be set up in this movie that we're definitely not going to get a whole lot of until later movies. Um, Luke Skywalker, obviously, um, his story where he's at now, what he's been up to for the past 30 years and just seeing more of him on screen. Um, I don't think we're going to see a lot of him in this movie. Uh, Supreme Leader Snoke, I also don't think we're going to see much of in this movie. Um, you know, just like with Emperor Palpatine in the original trilogy, like we didn't even see him at all in A New Hope, but, um, you know, gradually more and more, uh, throughout Empire and then Jedi, when you finally see him in the flesh, um, I think that's definitely a possibility. Although at the same time, I don't think they want to retread old ground and just have him, you know, fill the exact same story beats as, uh, Palpatine. But, um, obviously I I think Snoke is going to be, uh, dark and mysterious character. And there's going to be a lot to him that we're not going to find out right away. Um, and then the Knights of Ren as well. Um, I think, uh, you know, we, we see them in this one shot here, but are we ever going to get to know more of the members besides just Kylo? Are we going to find out the history of the group? Are they going to, you know, is the whole group of them going to, uh, play more of a factor down the line and not just Kylo? Um, I, I think that's going to be something that we'll see a lot more of, in episodes eight and nine. But as far as the family relationships, I mean, I, I definitely think that whoever Ray's parents end up being, we will find that out, find that out in this movie. Um, but I also think that we'll find out, at least I hope we'll find out that, uh, you know, she and, uh, Kylo are related as well. Um, because it just seems like, you know, Ray and Kylo and Han and Leia are going to be four of the biggest, most important characters in this movie, especially Ray, Kylo and Han. And it just seems like there's going to be too much interaction between the three of them in this movie for them to then later down the line go like, Oh yeah, by the way, uh, that guy that Kylo killed, like he was your dad. Like what? Um, you know, it, it like it worked in the original star Wars because I mean, Luke never even really ran into Vader in A New Hope, aside from watching him kill Obi-Wan and then, you know, getting chased by his TIE fighter. Um, But then, of course, Empire became a very personal story about Vader trying to hunt down this kid who uh, blew up his Death Star and then realizing that it was his own son. Um, 
and, and their paths, you know, got closer and closer together. But obviously it seems like in this movie, those characters are already going to be very connected from the get go. So I hope they just sort of, you know, get the, uh, the reveals out of the way instead of dragging it out. Um, but at the same time, like you said, definitely better to, to leave some stones unturned for now and, uh, you know, leave us coming back for more and wanting to find out more later. Yeah. But I also think too, that what if it is kind of similar in a way where, you know, Vader told Luke, he's his father, but at the same time, the audience was thinking, Oh, he's lying. Is it true? Like no one was really sure if that was confirmed or not. So maybe we'll get some hint if they are going to keep some of the family lineage a secret or we'll walk away thinking, yeah, more than likely, you know, she's Luke's daughter or she's Han and Leia's daughter. But yet there's still that could be a little bit of doubt where it hasn't been officially confirmed as fact. So I don't know. I kind of doubt they'll go that way, but it is looking on past uh, references like from Empire Strikes Back. It is something that could still be a possibility. So you never know. Mm. And like I said, I mean, maybe... I think we'll find out pretty early on in the movie, like when Ray and Han meet for the first time, I think we'll find out that they're related. But then I, I think maybe the the reveal that Kylo, you know, if he is indeed her brother or something like that, I think that'll come later at the end. And maybe that could be part of that final confrontation. And that mm-hmm. could be, uh, you know, the thing that they kind of leave the audience wondering about. Yeah, I could see that. Um, but yeah, so I mean... Like we said, great read. Go check out the whole thing if you've got time. Um, also, uh, I mean, The Hollywood Reporter did new interviews with John Boyega and Daisy Ridley. Um, and then uh, John Boyega also has his own feature interview over on CNET.com. Um, and, you know, again, those are some great reads just, uh, you know, getting to know basically the new faces of the franchise. Um, and again, they didn't do one with Oscar Isaac. So even though yeah. he's going to be, you know, a... a important character in this movie it seems like definitely the focus is on you know kylo as the villain and uh ray and finn as the new heroes um, i just like to where every time you see interviews with john boyega and daisy ridley i mean you know that the two characters of ray and finn look like they're gonna establish a close relationship in the movie but at the same time it's like john boyega and daisy ridley established a real close friendship off uh, offset too and just became a really good friend and you you could tell it's just genuine too where it's just mm-hmm. not phony like oh yeah this is a great actor to work with and she was great we had like we worked well together and all that no you could really tell that they became good friends afterwards and just have fun with each other joking around especially in the uh, Hollywood Reporter uh, videos that you could see where there's like three different video interviews with them and you could just tell how much they get along and just had so much fun making this movie and just like how JJ is so passionate about it you could tell he set the tone and it followed through with all the actors too and it's just it just seems so genuine it's really refreshing to see it mm-hmm. yeah I mean honestly like I'll have to wait and see the movie obviously but if if John Boyega's performance in the movie is really good he he might become like my new favorite actor because I already love that guy so much just from like following him on social media and yeah. like watching his reaction to the trailers and just seeing the way that he interacts with the fans. And um, I mean, Daisy Ridley and everybody else has been really great too. But um, I mean, John Boyega, especially like he's one of us, um, yeah. especially, I mean, I think he's like my age or maybe a year younger than I am, which is uh you know, kind of crazy to think about. I'm like, 
dang, what the heck am I doing with my life? Um, you know, but <laughs> you're not in Star Wars, Kyle. Come on, step it up. <laughs> right. Like I should be Finn's Wookiee companion. <laughs> um, but man, I, yeah, he's, he's just such a cool guy with, uh, you know, just this, this energy about him. And, uh, I mean, you can tell that he's loving every minute of this. Um, you know, not just being a part of Star Wars, but getting to promote it and interact with the fans too. And I mean, if you guys haven't seen him recently, uh, he posted a video on his Instagram like today or yesterday of him in a Kylo Ren mask, just like running around the room, swinging a Kylo Ren lightsaber around. <laughs> so cool. Um, yeah. And, like, he had some good lightsaber skills too. Yeah. Well, again, and you know, I was telling you this before, like I sure would hope he knows how to swing a lightsaber by now. He probably had to do, you know, fight training for that fight that he's about to have with uh, <laughs> Kylo, um, even though we're predicting that he might not do too well. but Well, which maybe leads to him that he will put up a, a better fight than we're all expecting. And possibly. Um, I mean, I, again, like we speculated before, like I don't think he's a Jedi. I don't think he has the Force. Um, but I think he's you know trained with, with melee weapons before. So um, I think Kylo's going to still overpower him pretty easily because he does have the Force and because he's spent more time training with lightsabers but finn at least knows which way to hold it upright you know what i mean like he's not gonna cut his own arm off or something like that <laughs> he's not holding it upside down or anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah he, he knows how to turn it on um but yeah so i mean th- those are some uh some great interviews to check out as well a lot of fun and then uh, gwendolyn christie also did one with entertainment weekly talking about uh, what it was like playing Captain Phasma. Um, and then, of course, if you haven't seen the Harrison Ford interview on Jimmy Kimmel, where it was like Halloween week and uh, Jimmy Kimmel is dressed up as Princess Leia, which is not something I need to see in my life, but, you know, <laughs> it, it happens. Uh, thank goodness it's the white dress and not the metal bikini, at least. Um, which, by the way, I'll, I'll just go out of my way and say, men in Slave Leia bikinis, like... I don't know why that's a thing, but it is one of my least favorite things that I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> having been to conventions and like seen that in person. Um, in fact, I was at Phoenix Comic Con this past year, or la- I think it was last year, and I was like, you know, it was late at night. I like stopped to get some candy at a drugstore on the way back to my hotel, and a guy from the convention walks in, like big hairy dude in a slave lay bikini <laughs> i was just like why is this happening anyways it's I like digress. not even funny anymore people have done that joke already so come on yeah um but harrison ford is sitting here in a hot dog costume um <laughs> answering serious questions about star wars and his plane crash and his leg injury um and all that kind of stuff the funny thing is um i mean he he i think he did confirm in this interview that like the the main door or ramp or whatever of the Millennium Falcon fell on his leg. Mm-hmm. Um, and at least maybe this was just my assumption from stuff we read, but people were making it sound like it was a door inside the ship. Um, or, I mean, maybe that was just my assumption when I would hear people say like a door on the Millennium Falcon fell on him. And it's like, well, it wasn't a door on the Falcon. It was like the big loading ramp to the ship. Like, yeah, of course that would crush your ankle <laughs> if it fell on it. Yeah, I mean, remember the report saying how, oh, it wasn't necessarily the Falcon, but no, it was the Falcon. (laughs) Well, I think because, um, and I I forget if it was in this video that he talked about it or if it was like in some other interview that I read, Um, he said like when they called 
the the police or the ambulance or whatever for medical assistance of course because they were still trying to be all secretive yeah. about it and you know they probably didn't want the word getting out to the media more than anything it's like it wasn't that they didn't want to tell the police about it but they didn't want you know word leaking out to the media that uh you know oh something's going down on the star wars set like they said that a garage door fell on his leg um and then they got there and were like oh like you didn't tell us the freaking millennium falcon fell on him <laughs> i mean it- I mean, it's not a good thing at all that Harrison Ford broke his ankle while filming the Star Wars movie, but it would have been even more lame if it wasn't like just some random door, not the Falcon. The Falcon just adds a little bit more to it. Right. (laughs) And it's like, again, like you said, you you don't want to laugh at it, um, but I guess you can kind of laugh at it a little bit in retrospect because everything turned out okay. He's fine. And even J.J. Abrams said like it kind of turned out to be a blessing in disguise for the movie because they had some extra time to... Uh, kind of take a step back and evaluate and maybe rewrite some scenes that weren't working or get the get the actors some extra time to to practice and everything like that um but then you know in the original trilogy there's always so many gags about you know the falcon being a bucket of bolts and you know the hyperdrive doesn't work or there's minox chewing on the power cables or the lights won't turn on or you know it's always problems with it and you know it's it's the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy but it's barely holding together <laughs> um so if harrison ford were you know if han solo were to get injured of course it would be because something on the falcon fell on him like yeah it couldn't you know. be anything else <laughs> yeah exactly um but um the other thing from the jimmy kimmel interview while Nothing to do with the interview with Harrison Ford, but he did say that in just two weeks from now, the 23rd of November, he's, he's going to have a special Force Awakens episode where he's going to have J.J. Abrams, John Boyega, Daisy Ridley, Adam Driver all on there. So probably won't be allowed to say much about the movie, but I'm expecting we'll get probably our first real clip shown from that because, you know, these talk shows always have clips from a movie that they're promoting. So this might be our first look at an actual scene from The Force Awakens. So mark your calendars for the 23rd. It should be pretty cool. Just to hear them all talk about the movie again, because what we hear from them in Celebration and at Comic-Con, I mean, you can never get tired of hearing them talk about Star Wars. So it'll be cool to check out just two weeks from now. Yeah, now I'm just thinking about and wondering like what that clip is going to be if they show one. And I'm wondering if it's going to be like something from that Jakku chase scene um, or if it'll be like, you know, Ray and Finn getting on the Falcon for the first time and, you know, taking off and trying to outrun the TIE fighters or. Yeah. You know. I don't know why. I'm just thinking it's going to be like you mentioned, Ray and Finn on the Falcon, probably when they introduce themselves to each other, maybe we'll get a little more of that. And Han Solo mm-hmm. comes in and we hear a little bit from him too. Yeah. Well, again, that could be, except like I said, um, I, I think once you see, Han and Ray together for the first time. I think it's going to be pretty apparent that they're related, and I don't think they're going to want to give that away on Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be the first thing he says. So right. <laughs> show that, but watch um, this be where we finally get our first look at Luke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say Maz Kanata because uh, I think that's more likely. No, I went than Luke. way out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you went beyond the outer rim. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, I mean, there's all those uh, interviews if you guys want to check them out. Um, Also, we've got some cool new Star Wars Battlefront stuff as the game is now like a week away. (laughs) One week. Oh, my goodness. I mean, by the time we get this edited and uploaded and everything, it'll probably be less than a week away. Um, Like, it's Monday night right now, and next Monday night I'll be – well, actually, I guess at this time, because we're getting pretty late now, I'll, I'll already have it, but um yeah i'm going to the the 
late night release at GameStop, which I was pleasantly surprised to find out that uh, here in Arizona, it's not at midnight, it's at like 10 p.m. It's midnight Eastern time and they release it for everybody so you can all start playing online at the same time and hopefully not crash the servers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man, just so excited for this. Um, as we have talked about many times before, but... Um, yeah, I think uh, a few days ago they released a teaser trailer for uh, the Battle of Jakku DLC that's coming out uh, December 1st, I think. Oh, December 8th, if you pre-order the game, you get it a week early. Um, yeah. And it's just a brief, like, 40 seconds or so. Um, but, man, this battle just looks nuts. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. already a bunch of wreckage strewn around, and then there's walkers walking around and x-wings and tie fighters flying by overhead and then the camera pans up and you see the star destroyer falling out of the sky um and that's what i can't wait for (laughs) yeah i'm like man that is just gonna be mass chaos but it's gonna be so cool to see how that unfolds i do hope there is a some type of mode on there where maybe it's the the fighter assault one where you actually take down that star destroyer where you actually play it whether you're the rebels shooting it down and the TIE fighters trying to defend it. But I hope it's just not something that you see visually happening. Maybe on other battle modes, you can just see it visually, but I hope that there is one where you're actually play taking it down. That, that would, be, would so. be way cool. Um, but maybe I shouldn't get my hopes up. <laughs> well, I don't know. Um, it, it definitely could happen. Um, this, yeah, especially if there is a fighter squadron mode. Yeah, I, I could maybe see them doing that. Um I mean, especially with the way they want to hype this up and be like, hey, you'll get to be the first to play this battle that you're going to see the aftermath of in the movie. Um, yeah, they could probably say when you're sit- sitting in the theater seeing The Force Awakens and you see that crash down Star Destroyer, you could say, I'm the one who shot it and took it down. <laughs> yep. Or you could be the poor fool who says that thing landed on my head. Yeah, but <laughs> it's just like the hero character is going to be Luke in the AT-AT all over again. <laughs> Oh, I love that. And that's video. why Lucas has been the Force Awakens until there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, in addition to that Jakku trailer, they also they've got this new feature on the website where you can go and explore the four planets that are going to be in the game, um, and they've got these four interactive trailers for uh, Tatooine, Endor, Sullust, and Hoth. And you watch the trailer, and it's just kind of the camera like panning through and you see all the action going on and then every i don't know 15 20 seconds or so it slows down and freezes on a frame and then little icons pop up that you can click on to see different information about things um also you know some of those things have more video clips that you can watch and so you actually get to see a lot of new footage from this thing um i don't know about you tim but when i was watching this i mean some of my favorite parts of it were uh Slave One as the the Imperial hero vehicle in um you know in the in the Starfighter assault modes. Um, ha- have I ever mentioned how much I love that thing's la- like the sound of the laser cannons on Slave One? <laughs> I probably haven't because it's something I always forget about until I hear it and just like I see that clip and I'm like, oh cool, it's Slave One, and then you just hear those rapid firing laser cannons. I'm like, oh, I want to be that and shoot down some X wings, yep. which is saying something because I love X wings. Um, yeah, I just immediately think of uh, Attack of the Clones where Django Fett just blasting on Obi-Wan the Jedi Starfighter. I just remember in the theater for the first time, even bef- 
before, even though we had, because it was after we got the seismic charges, because that sounded awesome. But hearing those blasters come out of Slave One, that sounded amazing too. So yeah, I know exactly what you mean when you say how awesome those uh, blaster fires sounds. Yeah, so I mean that looked awesome. There's new footage of all the uh, the hero characters in action. Um, Palpatine has this dash thing that looks yeah <laughs> really cool. It, I mean, it's basically like what he does when he. Uh, you know, dives at uh, Mace Windu and all the Jedi that come to arrest him um, and just sort of, you know, suddenly like leaps and does his twirly thing through the air. Um, I'm like, man, if I saw that coming at me, like that would scare the crap out of me. Um, and I think I actually read somewhere like they did, uh, you know, they've been posting some like developer diaries and stuff on the website. Um, and they were saying, you know, some of the, the, QA testers or whatever there at dice, like when people come at them with that Palpatine force dash, like people actually like visibly jump. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, that'll be fun. Um, uh, don't worry if I take control of Palpatine, I'll be, be killed pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> My play as Vader was any indication in the beta. You don't have to worry about me as Palpatine. <laughs> um, but and- I do like too with the, Boba Fett clips that we got. Uh, I just love hearing uh, Tim Morrison back as voicing Boba Fett on his voice. just sounds so cool. And glad yeah. they got him to do it. So yeah, that's going to be a highlight whenever I get to play as Boba Fett if I survive long enough and get to hear him talk. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, some like it was a great hero gameplay in there. Uh, some more footage of the star, the dogfighter modes, um, which looks so cool. I mean, there, there's a lot of footage of that on Tatooine. Um, doing the, the fighter squadron mode over this big Canyon. And then it looks like there's like a city or a, a temple or something like sticking up on a rock in the middle of it. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like a, a sunset kind of vibe going on. It looks like something out of uh, a rogue squadron game. Um, but of course, you know, you're doing this live multiplayer against a bunch of other people. Like that's going to be so much fun. Um, I also like too some of the, other maps of the planets that we didn't really get to see too much of that looked re- really cool. We saw Endor at night. That looks awesome. And I really like mm-hmm. the inside the Wampus Cave on Hoth. It looks like it's going to be small quarter battles that we're going to be able to play in there, but it looks like it's going to be just cool visually and fun to play as in there. And hopefully we'll get to see a Wampa, <laughs> maybe try <laughs> to attack players and take it down. But I just love that environment setting. I think it looked really cool. Yeah. I mean, we definitely get to see a lot more of the, the environments across all the planets. And um, honestly, I was impressed. I was like, I knew they were going to just have four planets and I thought they said like maybe three maps per planet. Um, so I was thinking like, okay, that should give us, you know, at least some amount of, uh, you know, map diversity and stuff. But then watching this, uh, you know, these clips and stuff, I'm like, man, they squeezed a lot more out of these four planets than I thought they would. Um, because a lot of it is not just like out in the terrain, but it's inside bunkers and bases. And, uh, it's cool. You get to play like on that, um, that Imperial platform on Endor, like where, uh, Vader and, yeah. uh, you know, take, takes, uh, custody of Luke when he's captured. Um, so, you know, some familiar locales like that. And also like the, the docking bays and Moss Eisley on Tatooine and stuff like that. So, um, man, it's like, not that I wasn't already excited for this before, obviously, but just, you know, I mean, just like with episode seven, it's like the more I see and, uh, you know, the, the more new footage and stuff we get, the more I'm like, man, I just cannot wait to get this. Although instead of having to wait for, you know, a month and a half for episode seven with Battlefront, we'll be playing it in a week from now. So, um, 
man, it, it's crazy to think that that weight is almost over. Yep, and that'll just help with the Force Awakens weight to go more quickly yep. too. So yep. man, t- t- we've been waiting ten years for a new Battlefront game, and it yeah. comes out <laughs> next week. How crazy is that? I know. Same thing with a new Star Wars movie too. And just a few more weeks, we'll be saying the same thing. Just one more week to the Force Awakens. So yeah, it's all happening. <laughs> yep. And then um, lastly, with Battlefront, um, they just released a a new live action, you know, trailer slash commercial thing today. Um, that I just absolutely love the concept of this. It's like um, kind of a, a similar theme to that last commercial they released with the the two friends and the guy sitting in the office and he his buddy shows up in an X-Wing and he jumps out the window to go join him and they take off into this battle. Um, but in this one, you just see people from like all over the world, just kind of going about their daily lives. And then they all sort of do the Obi-Wan thing from a new hope where they disappear and their clothes just drop. Um, and you just see like a bunch of people in different scenarios where this is happening. And then you see Anna Kendrick, uh, cutting a sandwich with a knife and then she holds the knife up and says, if you strike me down, I will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And then she disappears. And then you see everybody is like reappearing as characters in the battlefront game. And of course, but I mean the, the star Wars music swells up and you see everybody going into these you know heroic battles and situations and stuff and seeing more awesome footage from the game too. I'm like, man, I just, I love the concept of this and um, just sort of the idea that, uh, you know, you'll be able to play with, with friends all over the world and, you know, join up on, you know, in fighter squadrons and on, uh, you know, battalions of troops going into these battles and just, uh, you know, living in the star Wars universe basically, and living and living out these, uh, these huge battles and stuff. So, um, I thought this was really cool. Now, I don't know if they're going to show this on TV cause it's like two minutes. So I'd expect to see, you know, some like butchered 32nd version of it, uh, during a TV show or something, but, um, you know, again, just cool to see like this much star Wars content out there right now. Um, and I know we say this a lot, but it's just like such a great time to be a star Wars fan right now where, um, not even just that we have this stuff coming out, but you can't go anywhere on the internet without finding a new trailer or interview or video or screenshot from something star Wars going on. Yeah, it's like every day you wake up, okay, what new Star Wars item I'm going to get today? <laughs> yeah. New commercial, new interview, new pictures. <laughs> oh, like today said, it was only a poster. Like, oh, we got on. a commercial yesterday and the trailer the day before that. Yeah. <laughs> and it would have been cool in that new commercial because, like you said, they were showing different people and like different like activities that they're doing if they showed two people podcasting. and they <laughs> That really – would have really captured the Star Wars fan. Star Wars Battlefront comes out a week from pff, disappear. Yep. <laughs> it was cool, but I will say I do like the first Battlefront commercial better where it's that guy reminiscing about playing Star Wars with his friend and then the X-Wings come up in front of that building and he breaks the window and hops in and you see X-Wings flying through the city. To me, that one sticks out to me uh, visually and just I guess I connect with it more because – of course, a lot. Me and a lot of other fans did the same thing, <laughs> acting out Star Wars and playing with like family and friends and all that. So that one struck a nerve more with me than this one did, but it was still pretty cool. I mean, like you said, having everyone in their different walks of life and activities that they're doing all being united and going into Battlefront. So they're both good, and hopefully they'll both get a lot of airplay on uh, commercials and stuff because I have seen the first one, but it is cut because that one was pretty mm-hmm. long too. So. I imagine it would be the same thing with this one where we won't see as much people disappearing as we do in the original commercial that we saw online today. So 
we'll see. But again, yeah, every time I see one of those commercials, I won't uh, forward it on my DVR. I'll stop and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> right. I do the same thing with that first one. Yeah. Um, of course, then, you know, like you said, I watch it and it's the 30 second one and I'm like, oh, man, the full one's better. Um, I know. Cause I don't think they even show the X-Wings flying across the city and the one they show on TV. It's just him getting into it and then it goes to the battlefront footage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, something like that. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, cut down. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's also like that Duracell commercial too where, you know, you've got the kids yeah, fighting on Christmas morning. They go outside, they're fighting stormtroopers and stuff. Um, of course, you got the girl dressed up as Ray who like force pushes pushes a stormtrooper, and everybody's like, "Oh, did that just give away a spoiler?" I know, <laughs> but I was just taken back by the high production value of that commercial. I mean, the first order stormtrooper costumes look just like the ones we're seeing in the movie, and then I mean, I don't know if we'll even see this in the movie. We might, but we're seeing them getting taken down by a kid with a lightsaber. <laughs> I mean, as far as we know, we don't know if Finn's gonna be hacking down any stormtroopers with the lightsaber. I mean, he has his blaster, so. We might just get that in that commercial. And then you get AT-ATs coming over to their house. So, yeah, the production values on this commercial are just, just something I didn't even expect. But in the words of John Hammond from Jurassic Park, they're sparing no expense, it seems like, mm, in promoting Star Wars. Absolutely. Um, yeah, now also uh, we got some new details today about the uh, the new Star Wars attractions coming to the Disney parks. Um, of course, they've got that uh, the season of the Force event that starts at Disneyland this month. Um, I think that's on the what the sixteenth that that starts, um, where they they're going to be adding um, the a new Force Awakens uh, area, I guess if you want to call it, to uh, Star Tours, um, as well as having some different exhibits and things. And they're turning Space Mountain into Hyperspace Mountain. Um, and they, I guess there hadn't been any word on when that was coming to Disney World at, uh, you know, Hollywood Studios. Um, but they just announced today that that's coming December 1st. Uh, so just a couple of weeks after Disneyland's getting it. Um, they also uh, showed off, you know, some new images and actually a, a short new video um, of the uh, the Force Awakens thing that they're adding to Star Tours. And of course, it's going to be uh, the uh, the Falcon flying through the, the wreckage on Jakku as we kind of expected. Um, it's funny cause watching just the, the footage like here on your computer, um, after watching the trailers and stuff a bunch of times, um, it's like, it almost doesn't really hold up by comparison cause the Falcon's going <laughs> kind of slow and the, the animation looks a little more clunky, but I'm sure when you're watching this, uh, you know, in 3D in the Star Tours ride as the thing is like shaking and bumping along with you, it's, uh, you know, it'll be a lot more fun. Um, but yeah, so that should be pretty cool. Of course, you know, once you get to like fly into the interior of the Star Destroyer and everything, which I'm hoping they, they include that part. Oh, they got to. Um, yeah, you would think. Um, man, that'll be uh, definitely something to check out and ride a bunch of times. Now, here's the question, though. Will C-3PO have his red arm? In these, when they're promoting the new Jakku sequence. Ooh, that Wars. is a good question. Um, I don't know, maybe. It'd be cool if they pay attention to detail that much to have it be Force Awakens era accurate, where it seems to be his red arm. Yeah. I mean, I guess it would kind of still make more sense to have it not be since the other six or whatever uh, destinations on Star Tours are all either prequel or original trilogy. Um, yeah, because they did say when it first launches, um, that they're going to try really hard for everyone to experience that Jakku sequence mm-hmm. as they write it. So it's going to be curious to see how they work that out as far as like how they know who's going on it. 
uh, for the first time and who's rewriting the ride. So it should be interesting to see how they work all that out. If it's just going to be nothing but Jack Hoob the first weekend or something like that, and then it'll be randomized. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll uh, have to find out when that comes out. I guess I'm going to try to get out to Disneyland sometime in December and check that out. So um, that should definitely be a lot of fun. They also, I guess, officially announced that uh, – um, the Star Wars weekends is not going to be happening anymore, which I thought we'd heard that already. Um, there might have been rumblings about it, but this is official confirmation that yeah, it's or, ending. I mean, maybe we just speculated on it before, but yeah, so they're they're canceling Star Wars weekends, which I mean could be kind of sad because those were a lot of fun, but at the same time, they're building a whole new Star Wars expansion for it, so um, it's like you know every weekend will be Star Wars weekend. Yeah, every day will be Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, I wish every day was a weekend. <laughs> that's true. Um, but yeah, so that's the, the new stuff coming to the Disney parks. Also, um, I guess for the, the D23 Fan Club magazine, um, they're going to have, uh, I guess, what, the November or December issue um, coming out sometime later this month that supposedly will have a lot more coverage um, about The Force Awakens, they'll have interviews with uh, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, and Harrison Ford, as well as a lot of the new actors and J.J. Uh, Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy, um, and also some more information about the the new Star Wars attractions at the Disney parks and stuff like that as well. Um, so if anyone out there is a subscriber of that magazine or a member of that club, uh, you know, be on the lookout for that. I didn't even know there was a D23 fan club because I thought D23 was the convention and I only even found out about that thing recently but um, I would guess this is something pretty exclusive and you know wouldn't expect to uh, I mean I've, I've never seen a D23 magazine sitting on the shelf at the grocery store or anything like that so I'm just like come on internet leaks yeah especially when you see the price for <laughs> what it is to be a member it says in the press release that a gold membership is seventy four ninety nine, and a gold family membership is ninety nine ninety nine. And says there are general memberships, like complimentary levels, at the Disney store, but they didn't give us a price range on those. So I wonder if there is something where you can just, you know, get it for that magazine and that's it. But well, that you you bring up a good point though that maybe they sell those magazines at the Disney store. When that comes out, I might have to go check. That's a good point. Um, yeah, but, but like you said, I'm sure someone will get it. And then they'll post it online, and then it'll get yeah, out there. I don't need the the magazine. I just need the info. Um, I would like to have the magazine though, because I was telling you this earlier how I was been a little disappointed with Star Wars Insiders coverage on the Force Awakens because they did such an awesome job with the prequels. And I know the internet isn't how it is, or it wasn't how it is now back in you know ninety nine up to two thousand five leading up to them, but they did have some like exclusive first looks at images and interviews with cast and crew and we didn't really get that with the leading up to the force awakens and star wars insider they'd kind of just report on the news that already happened and you know since it's a magazine you get it a few weeks later than when that stuff came available so a little disappointed that they didn't have too many exclusives for the force awakens and maybe they were saving it for the d23 magazine but i don't know as someone who's been a subscriber to star wars insider since 1996 and leading up to the special edition and the prequels i was kind of hoping for I don't know, a little more exclusive stuff and better coverage on The Force Awakens and the sequel trilogy. So maybe it'll get better for episodes eight and nine and the anthology films. But I have to say, a little disappointed with how The Force Awakens was handled in Star Wars Insider. But 
don't want to sound too negative because it's like I said, I've been a fan for so long. I still collect the magazines. They still have great interviews and uh, articles in there. Just when it comes to the force awakens, I found it to be a little lacking. Yeah. Well, hopefully after it comes out, they'll, they'll have some good behind the scenes stuff. of like what went into it. Yeah. Um, but man, well, look at that. We're, uh, just about done with everything and uh we said this episode was gonna be under three hours and here we are over three hours yet again <laughs> uh guess i should have known better when uh you know we had two new trailers slash tv spot things to talk about yeah despite um, them being shorter too <laughs> you know we'll find stuff to talk about yeah yeah absolutely i mean back in the day it was like you know all our, our crazy speculation about stuff that might happen and now um you know as we're like a month and a half away from the movie uh it was more like okay now let's put all the pieces together and uh you know here is sort of what I'm thinking of as sort of my, my final theories going into the movie, but then who knows if we're going to still get more footage after this. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> at this point I'm kind of hoping not honestly, like on the one hand, obviously the, the more I get to see the, the happier I'm going to be. Cause I just, I want to see the movie already. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I mean, man, for those first three trailers, it's like they made us wait so long uh, and it seemed like they were being so secretive about it. And it's like, okay, well, we've waited this long now, you know, it's like, all right, six more weeks, we can do this. Wait, no, don't tell us everything now. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, I know what you mean. I mean, I said before, after the trailer we got on Monday night football where, okay, that should be enough. Um, I'll try to stay away for TV spots. But then this one comes out on Sunday and I'm already over one in that regard. So yeah. oh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see, see how I'll... many they put out. Besides that one, but hopefully it's not on the insane amount, like 20 or something like that. It'll just yeah. be five. I mean, if it's 20, those 20 aren't, you know, definitely aren't all going to have new footage. Otherwise, they're going to release the whole movie through TV spots. And some movies have done that, and I, I really wish they wouldn't. And I, That's what I'm I, <laughs> I don't see them doing that with Star Wars. Um, That's another thing, too, real quick. In that interview J.J. Abrams uh, did with Wired, he was saying how great it has been working with Disney and their marketing as far as them being on the same page and not revealing everything through marketing and stuff. So as we're getting close to under a month away now, this is the time where we're going to see just how much they're going to hold back with these TV spots. So we'll find out in a month. But right now, especially with that one, we got lots of new footage. So I don't know if that's going to be a precedent for the remaining TV spots we're going to get, or since that's the first one, that's going to be the one with the most new footage, and then the rest after will be very little, which yeah. I hope is the case. Yeah, I hope it's like, here, new footage, take this, it's all you're getting till the movie comes out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, we keep saying that with every trailer that comes out, and then there's more. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. But, I mean, of course, it's always fun, you know, speculating about, uh, you know, what we know so far and what we might see, and uh, arguing over who Ray's parents are. Yep. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I think that'll, uh, go ahead and just about wrap it up. Uh, before we close out here though, I just want to give a special shout out to, uh, Daniel Fleetwood. Um, for those of yeah. you, if you, if you haven't heard Daniel's story, um, yeah, he's a, a lifelong star Wars fan. Um, you know, huge fan, I guess for, for some of the prequel releases, he was, uh, you know, like the first one waiting in line at his theater to get tickets and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, uh, he, he had a, a terminal cancer disease, 
um, and that had you know recently gotten worse, and he was afraid he might not uh, make it till the Force Awakens comes out, and so he started an online campaign. Um, actually, I'm not sure if it was him or his wife who started it, but um, you know his family basically reaching out to the fans and to Disney and trying to to rally support and um, basically you know asking if he could uh, see the film ahead of time. Um, so that he'd get to see it before he passed. And, uh, I guess, was it maybe just this week, this past week or so? Um, but sometime recently, I mean, this had been going around for, for a couple of weeks online. And then just recently, um, we found out that he did, uh, actually get his wish granted that, um, Disney actually sent like three people to his house. Actually, JJ Abrams called him like the night before, um, to, to personally let him know that they were going to let him watch the movie. And then, um, some Disney employees, um, you know, brought the movie to his house. And, uh, of course, you know, they, you can't blame them for wanting to supervise it and make sure that he's not like tweeting out the, the plot or anything like that. But, um, cause they're, D- Disney's being, uh, very kind here, but at the same time, they're still a multi-billion dollar company that's got to protect their assets. Um, but I mean, just a, a great heartwarming story there that, uh, you know, this guy got to see the movie. Um, in fact, if you've seen the movie Fanboys, it was almost like that in real life where, um, you know, that movie is a, about a group of friends with, uh, you know, their friend who's dying of cancer and they're trying to break into Lucasfilm and steal uh, Star Wars Episode One so he can watch it before he dies. But in this case, you know, he didn't have to go to Lucasfilm and steal it. They were just nice enough to let him watch it. So that was, uh, you know, great to hear. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, J.J. Abrams is a classic guy. I mean, he did this before, too, for Star Trek Into Darkness, where he let someone... Um, who was terminally ill to get to see that beforehand. So it was cool that he was able to do that again for Star Wars. So yeah, just great on JJ's end and Disney and just glad it all worked out where Daniel got to see it. So good job all the way around. Yep, absolutely. And Daniel, may the force be with you. Yes. Um, Well, I think that is about going to wrap it up for us. Um, I I hope, kind of hope we don't get any more trailers and stuff that we got to come back and record another three hour episode dissecting (laughs) because Oh, come um, on, you know we're going to love it. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm like, I'd rather just spend that time dissecting the movie after it comes out. Um, <laughs> by this point, the the our movie review episode is just going to be one long, I told you so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, so that's going to uh, be the name of the episode, I told you so. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I will tell you this, later this month we will be back with a Star Wars Battlefront review episode. Um, after we have spent many, many, uh, hours, um, you know, blasting stormtroopers and shooting down X-Wings and all that fun stuff. Um, man, yeah. One week till Star Wars Battlefront. I don't know if that has really sunk in yet. (laughs) Um, but, uh. Just from coming off the beta and knowing how much fun we had with just two maps and knowing what we're going to (laughs) get with the full game. man. Yeah. Yeah, and then, like I said, from watching those trailers and seeing how much more stuff, we, or, you know, how, how many more environments were in there than I was sort of expecting. I was like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Star Wars Battlefront, look for that on our next episode. Um, and, uh, you know, for those, I don't know, Tim, should we, should we just go ahead and give out our gamer tags if people want to try to hunt us down on uh, on Xbox Live and we'll team up and take them out? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Or, you, might... or, or you guys can team up with us, too. Yeah, um, or I, I might be an easy kill for you guys. So. <laughs> Back up your points, you can just hunt me down. Um, yeah, so anyway, uh, unfortunately, if you're, if you're playing on PlayStation, uh, best of luck. We won't be seeing you on there. But um, for people on Xbox One, uh, you can uh, find me at Darth Slim. 
um, on Xbox Live. And uh, Tim, you want to give them yours? Yeah, mine is J Knight Five, J Space, and then Knight with a K, and then Five. You could probably take a while guessing what that J stands for. <laughs> um, Jawa Juice. <laughs> Darn it, Kyle. No, that's what JJ stands for. <laughs> um, all right. Well, anyway, uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, as always, you can find us on social media, you know, on Twitter at Star Wars TSC and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Star Wars The Saga Continues. Uh, you can check out our website, starwarstsc.com. And if you'd like to send us email and, uh, you know, send in your thoughts, comments, questions, whatever, uh, you can email us at starwarstsc at gmail.com. Um, also, if you feel so inclined to uh, leave us a nice review on iTunes, if you listen to the show on there, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, and also one other thing before we go, um, I just wanted to mention uh, this past weekend I was at uh, Tucson Comic Con doing a uh, – we did a couple more Star Wars panels with my friends Jason and Joey um, who I've you know, done some Star Wars panels with before at other conventions. And I think we've had those on – I think we, we did a Clone Wars panel um, at Phoenix Comic Con this year that I included on one of our episodes. Um, this year we did a Star Wars Episode Seven panel um, talking about – you know, rumors and what we know from the trailers so far and, and just sort of a lot of the same kind of discussion that the Tim and I have on here. So, um, I decided, you know, maybe don't necessarily need to put that on one of our episodes, but if you guys are interested in listening to that, uh, Jason from the Wampas layer has uploaded that as one of their episodes. So I think that's probably the most recent episode on their feed. Um, or I don't know if they've done another one since then, but, um, yeah, I had a great time with those guys and that was a lot of fun. So, uh, if you want to hear, um, me talking some star Wars episode seven with a couple of different guys with, a you know, maybe some different perspectives and stuff that you haven't heard before from me and Tim, uh, you can go ahead and check that out over on the Wampa's lair. Um, and I think with that, we will wrap up the episode and call it a night, but thank you guys again for tuning in. We will see you next time and may the force be with you. See you next time, everybody.